Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Welcome aboard National Football Show. Yeah, big sales here. Please hit the like button. Thanks so much for coming aboard. We appreciate everybody stepping in with us. Thank you. We are getting closer and closer to Sunday's game with the Eagles and Cardinals. Plus, this is going to be a great weekend. What a sports weekend, man. I mean, you got great college football games this weekend on Saturday. You got great NFL games. We're going to look at the point spread a little bit later on in the program as well. But I want to start it off with this. You know, I was listening to that soundbite again from Donovan McNabb when he was on WIP a couple days ago. And I happened to listen to Colin Coward today on The Herd. And he kind of agrees with Donovan McNabb about the Eagles' window Being two years out, they're not ready for a Super Bowl, according to Donovan. Donovan thinks they're two years away from winning a Super Bowl. And I'm going to bury the lead here on this. I actually think the Eagles are better than what Donovan does and what Colin Coward does. But I I, want to bring this up because this is where I kind of disagree with this. I think their football team this year, because the NFC being the way it is, I think the Eagles are right there. I don't believe they're fool's gold, but listen to their argument here, okay? Let's do this. Let's, this is them talking and us responding to it. Is there any truth to what Donovan McNabb said? This team is really two years. Do you trust that Eagle team against the Buccaneers? I think it's a great argument. Do you trust that Eagle team Versus an experience, say you get to the Super Bowl. You don't really think you're beating Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, do you? I don't think they're fake. I don't think they're overrated. Do I think they're overhyped? A little, but isn't everybody? Look at the Cowboys. You talk about the ultimate overhyped team in NFL history. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you. So let me do this. Again, I want to bury it one more time here. I actually think you are better than what McNabb thinks. And I also think you're better than what Colin Coward thinks. Okay? Wait a minute, Matthew. I think you're better than some of the national people and one of your own. I think this football team has a chance of playing for the Super Bowl this year. I've said that to you. But Colin Coward made a point. 
Last year against playoff teams, the Eagles were 0-6. I get it. Upgraded talent across the board on both sides of the football. Defensively, offensively, no question about it. So when you say 0-6 from a year ago, I think that's a different team to what we're seeing today on October 6th. So when you say 0-6, I say this. "Eh, Well, this is a different ball club. I think they gained a lot of experience making the postseason. Xander, remember you and I last year saying this? Hey, they may not go far into playoffs with that Brady team that they got to face, but that's going to be a great learning experience for Jalen Hurts, the coaching staff, and everybody. And I I, I stand by that. I, I agree. Coward goes like this. Every year you have a team that you go like this. You know, they're just not ready. It's like an apple on a tree that's still green. Can he be right? Is this still a too young a football team to be in that conversation? Look, I think they're going to win 12 games. Maybe more. But you do have to look at what their biggest accomplishment is so far, and it's not really a long resume. Okay? Jay, I agree. The team's better. But they really haven't won anything or beat anybody. And look, I'm not dismissing the 4-0 start. I'm not calling it overrated, overhyped. I'm not going to do that. But... There's some truth to it. There's no accomplishment on the resume of Jalen Hurts or the coaching staff. And I fire back and say this, though. Yeah, in the last 14 games, you won 11 games, though. Regular season. Over the last 14, you have won 11. So to kind of dispute what he says, well, you know, they're winning ball games, dude. And they're getting better and better every week they play. That's the thing that I'm liking about the Eagles right now is that they're getting better and better and better every week. And would we not agree with this? Would we not agree with this? They're showing you versatile ways to beat teams. I don't really think there's a team in the NFL. I think they're the toughest matchup of any team in the NFL. When you play Patrick Mahomes, you got to beat Patrick Mahomes. When you play Josh Allen, you got to beat Josh Allen. When you play Tom Brady, you got to beat Brady. When you play the Eagles, well, the running game's there. They could beat you throwing the ball. They could beat you both ways. They could beat you now on defense, it looks like. So I disagree with McNabb and some of the national people like Colin Coward. I think the Eagles' chances of winning the Super Bowl this year. How about this? I think getting to the conference championship game, I think they have as good a chance of any team in the AFC or NFC on getting to the championship game. I don't think that there's a bunch of good football being played. Brady said it yesterday, or today was it. Tom was asked a question about today's NFL and the parity in the game. You know what he said? A lot of bad football being played. The Eagles aren't in that conversation. They're playing really good football. I mean, when you watch the Texans, it's unwatchable. When you watch the Broncos, that offense and that team is unwatchable. They play tonight. If Russell Wilson wasn't playing, I wouldn't watch that game, maybe. I probably would. 
But some football is just unwatchable. Like when you watch the Commanders, it's almost unwatchable football. Okay? It's almost unwatchable. They can't stand that we're a good football team, so they have to make up BS narratives. Jay, I just think it's conversation, okay? I just think it's conversation. I didn't hear anybody saying the Eagles are a bad football team. And what do you care if there's bad football being played around you? In 17, there was shitty football being played around you. Look at who were in the conference championship games in the NFC the year you guys won the Super Bowl. Case Keenum? It's okay. Brady had a decade. Shit, Brady had two decades in the AFC East of bad football. Once you get to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, who cares what your division looks like or your conference? We won last seven regular season games. Um, I'm just, and, and like I said, you've won 11 of 14 regular season ball games too. This is the first year I've actually fallen asleep during some of these games. Dude, some of the football, Brady's right, is terrible. James says, Sills, are you an Eagles fan? I'm getting there. I'm more of an Eagle fan and fan of the fans. I've said that to you. Okay? I'd be lying to you if I told you I was a Philadelphia Eagle fan. You want me to lie just so I can get clicks and views? That's not going to happen. I'm a fan of the fan base. I love the fans. I love the Buffalo Mafia. I love Bill's Mafia, man. I love anybody that's passionate about their football team. So I can't lie to you. Um, Seals, if you were barely winning our games, I'd agree, but we're dominating. Jay, I'm not saying this. This isn't me saying it. It's McNabb and Coward and some of the other national guys. I'm not saying you're an overrated. That's not what I'm saying. I actually think, and like I said earlier in the year, I picked you to get to the conference championship game. Okay, I'm not a Pats fan. I'm not a fan of any team, really. I'm a fan of greatness. I like watching winning. I like watching good football. I don't really have a team I root for in the NFL. I root for my Canes. Okay, the Bucs I play for, that's why it's up. It's not up because I'm a fan of the team. It's up because I played there. So, and the Giant jersey is my uncle, who's a Hall of Famer. The other one was a gift from Gastineau, the sack exchange. Those are the three jerseys I have hanging up. I don't even have one of my own hanging up. Okay, so James goes, you're growing on me. I'm starting to understand you a little bit. James, that's what we say here about the Big Sills show, right, Xander? You may not like me. Every time I see Sills glasses, I think of Sally, Jesse, Raphael. So do I. <laughs> yeah, believe me. My wife's getting me new glasses, okay? Aunt Betty, she's getting me new glasses, okay? Just so you know. Seals is a Syracuse fan. Absolutely not. You know why, JM? Syracuse offered me number 44 to go to Syracuse and play. I said, you ain't giving me Jim Brown's number, man. Come on. And I, then I went like this. How many people did you offer 44 to? He goes, 20 guys. Norm Gerber, his name was. And I say, okay, well, at least you're being honest. I'll take a visit. So I took a visit. 
hang a McNabb jersey. That ain't happening. That'd be like hanging a vomit bag on my wall. I don't hang vomit bags on my wall. <laughs> Sills is a Hassan Reddick fan. I will be if he chases Kyler Murray around and beats the Cowboys. Okay, I will. All right. So, funny. do you agree? Dude, there's people out there that think you're overrated and that your record's overhyped. I'm not one of them. Imagine that. And some of you call me a hater, and I'm actually disputing those guys. I disagree with McNabb. I disagree with Colin Coward. I think it's a good football team, and it's growing into being a great football team. You got great tests coming up. I think this Cardinal game, I think it could be a great test because you're playing a team that's a playoff team from a year ago. And you just gave a quarterback 46.1 million bucks. That team made the playoffs a year ago. And then you get the Cowboys on the other side of that on a Sunday night game. I think it's pretty good next two weeks to get a good gauge of what this is all about. Seals, I think you believe in us. You want us to have a championship mindset. Exactly. Act like it. Don't be surprised when your team does great things. Great teams do great things all the time. Act like you see it and been there, and your team has been great. That's how champions act. They don't go, oh, my God, did you see that guy get 125 yards rushing? Did you see him get 10 catches? That's not how champions act. Kansas City Chiefs weren't patting themselves on the back after they beat the Bucs on Sunday. It's on to the next week because they know it's a journey. McNabb had swag. McNabb was petty. And the reason he didn't win more was because of that pettiness. That dude's a complete hater. And people around him, and he's a jealous, angry dude. And as he gets older, that will foster more. Especially when people bring up the fact he never won a Super Bowl. Okay? I hate McNabb's mindset. Big Seal's crushing it with the new frames. <laughs> yeah. Okay, dog. Uh, okay, let's move on here. So bef- I got a bunch of really great topics here. Let me ask you this. Let's go here. How many people think right now today, on September, or excuse me, on October 6th, Howie Roseman uses those first-round draft choices next year in April for a quarterback in the first round? How many people believe that? How many people believe that? That he'll use those first rounders next year? No, nope, no, no, okay. Hell no. No chance in hell. Okay. Well, then can I go by Howie Roseman's behavior in the last 20 years? I say Howie Roseman then takes one of his second or third rounders and drafts a quarterback. Why not? He's done it before. Shit. Mike Shanahan drafted RG3 and to protect his ass, he got Cousins in the fourth. 
Pete Carroll took a guy in the third, Russell Wilson. Bill Belichick drafted a guy in the sixth. How many people think Howie will draft a quarterback in the April draft? Doesn't have to be a first rounder. Jalen wasn't. Jalen was a second rounder. Why wouldn't he get a guy to protect his bank, his flank on Jalen? In case Jalen inflamed or imploded like Carson did. Nobody thought Carson was going to implode the way he did. And I don't care what any of you said. Jalen Hurts was not drafted to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You know that and you know it. And don't try to change and revise history because it's not true. How many people think that Howie will take either? I don't think he'll use a second. But how many people think that he'll use one of the latter rounds? I don't have the list in front of me. So you guys correct me. Three, four, or five. Could you see him drafting a quarterback in rounds three, four, and five of this next April draft? Why not? I would. He protected himself against Wentz. Okay? He protected himself. Why wouldn't he follow his nature on how he drafted Nick Foles in a ladder round? This guy drafted Foles and Jalen Hurts, who turned out to actually be more productive than Carson Wentz. Why wouldn't he do it this coming April? How many people believe he'll draft a quarterback? Xander, you too. How many people think that he'll draft a quarterback in April? I do. I always thought it was just what round was it going to be? Was it going to be first round, second round? I think it's going to have a lot to do with how Jalen finishes the season. If Jalen has an MVP-type season, you'll see him on the third day. If Jalen Hurts has a season where it was a bumpy ride and it starts getting bumpy after these four games here that they've started out, great. I could see him drafting Jesse, like you, two to four, somewhere in there. You see, guys, do you, do, do, it's kind of conspiracy a little bit, but do you see my philosophy? I think right now what Jalen Hurts has done, he has taken those next April draft choices and taken them out of the first round, which is huge because that means the organization's buying them. And I think you'll see them take a quarterback. By the way, Gardner Minshew's gone. He's a free agent at the end of the year. They may trade him by the trading deadline. They may trade him by the trading deadline. Are you just going to let Gardner Minshew walk out the building? They're going to need to draft a quarterback. The question is, what round? And he'll take that stiff TVD in the fourth. <laughs> yeah, that kid better play well against UNC. Remember your motto, Sills. Draft a quarterback every year if you can. I completely agree. I, I, If I were a general manager, I would draft a quarterback every single year I was general manager. You never know when you land on Brady. You never know when you land on Brady. 
Yeah, but Nick, I don't want to pick up a free agent where I have to spend big money. I can have a guy in the ladder round on a rookie deal. Why? You don't want a veteran. You need all the cap space you can get. You're going to need a backup quarterback. Remember, Jalen was a backup quarterback that has elevated himself into being a potential franchise guy. Yet to be determined four games in, you know where I stand. Don't need to reiterate that. I don't want a veteran guy, maniac. I don't want any of that shit. I'm going to draft a quarterback that I could develop like they drafted Nick Foles. Foles is a Philly raised and born in the draft quarterback. So is Jalen. Anytime you could pick a guy like that. And by the way, so everyone knows, I think they take a quarterback in the draft, but I do not believe right now as of October 6th that it's anywhere near the first round. Could it be a second rounder right now? Has Jalen played good enough for you not to take a quarterback in the second round? Knowing he was a second rounder, I wouldn't take a quarterback in the second round on October 6th, the way he's playing. I would do it in the third, maybe. I would do it clearly in the fourth or fifth. Just to get my backside in case this guy implodes. That's what I would do. So you guys agree? He'll take a quarterback. Okay. I agree too. I think it's between three and five. Somewhere in there. I don't, I don't think even in the second round they would take one. Because in the second round, I might want to go and get an old lineman because I'm getting a little up there in some of the positions in the offensive line. And, and Jalen Hurts, you keep building around your quarterback. You start interior. Remember, you never build a team from the perimeter in. You build it from the inside out. And you have the best offensive line coach in the NFL. So you keep plugging away at that old line. Good, we're on agreement. We all agree that we believe that Howie Roseman is going to draft a quarterback in the upcoming April draft, not to take Jalen's job, but to protect Howie because that's how he is. You know that that's how he drafts. Drafted Jalen Hurts because it was a seatbelt in case that guy inflamed, and he did. How he got lucky, he landed on a guy who nobody wanted in Philly. Nobody wanted Jalen Hurts. Are you crazy? Absolutely not. And now you've got a first, two first-round draft choices that you potentially could move to get Will Anderson. You're into Will Anderson sweepstakes. Dude, Will Anderson will be the most impactful football player coming out of next year's draft. I'll say that today. You're going to have to develop quarterbacks. That guy's ready to rock. You put the key in his back, you wind him up, and you let that guy run into people. That guy's ready to roll, dude. That's what you need is a guy like that. Glad to see this. This is good. I do think he drafts a quarterback. But Jalen has pushed that out of the first round now. And I personally think, like I said, three to five, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Okay. Let me ask this question now. Let's transition over to Hassan Reddick. 
Defensive Player of the Week. By the way, Nick Boza is the best D lineman right now and rusher in the league. That includes Aaron Donald and Michael Parsons. I don't care what you say. Nick Boza is destroying people. Six sacks. He's killing guys. Pressures. That 49er team is a force. And when they get healthier and they get all their people back, that team can win the Super Bowl. Very capable. They've been there. They've been to conference championship games two of the last three years. That football team is good. They're killing teams and knocking teams out with four starters out. Nick Bosa's got six sacks in four games. This guy's on pace for 20 sacks. This guy's killing it. I mean, and I actually think Nick's better than Joey, and I think Joey's pretty good too. What's an acceptable, because all of you guys are now saying that Hassan Reddick is a success. I think he's got a long way to go. I'll tell you what, getting Defensive Player of the Week, I will not dismiss that. That's a great accomplishment, especially coming from a guy that I didn't see in the first two weeks. What will be an acceptable number for you to think that he had a successful year this year, Hassan Reddick? What's an acceptable number of sacks for you to go like this? And by the way, he's not on a stiff team like he was the last two years. Arizona two years ago was a stiff team. Carolina last year was a stiff team. You're on now a championship contender. What would you consider and accept? He's got, what, three and a half sacks now? Okay. Just to put this all in perspective here, last year Chandler Jones had four sacks or five sacks in one game, and I think he ended up with 10. So let's pump the brakes on people going, oh, this guy's panning out, he's doing, you know, okay, wait. Every week is its own chapter in the book of the NFL season. 11 sacks, 12 sacks, 14, 12. I think 14's high. Sand says 9 to 10. I think that's a little low for $15 million, don't you? Less than a million a sack or more than a million a sack? I don't know. What's an acceptable number? 13? Will we all agree? If Hassan Reddick falls short of 13 sacks, you paid him 15 million bucks, that's still south of a million dollars a sack. I mean, really? 13 sacks? 13 and a half? 15? You guys are reaching, man. That's a lot. 15 sacks, he's all pro. So you think he's going to have to have an all pro season to warrant the money? 22? Yeah, okay. So you think he's TJ Watt? It's funny. Hassan Reddick is not even in the conversation of the best pass rushers right now. The kid up in Detroit, the rookie's actually playing great. Nick Boza, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald. He's not in that conversation. Like I said, 91, last two year, last two teams he's been on, he was on hamburger helper teams. Meant nothing. If Kirk Cousins has, if he has stats that are 
false stats and fake stats. So did he. There was no impact on Arizona two years ago and zero impact on Carolina last year. Zero. That's why they moved off him. Unless these sacks are impactful like BGs. 8 to 11 sacks? Somewhere in there. We, we, how about this? We go like this. Here's what's going to be acceptable when it comes to Hassan Reddick's success at the end of the 17th game. Between 11 and 13 sacks, right? Okay. When's the last time a guy on the Eagles had 13 sacks? Does anybody know? The last time somebody had 13 sacks? You're going to be asking Hassan Reddick to do something that the Eagles haven't had in a little bit. Who's the last guy to get 13 sacks on the Philadelphia Eagle defensive line? Do you remember? I don't. So you want a guy to have a career year in sack numbers in Eagle history. Fletcher's best season was 11. That's spectacular from an interior guy. You guys can't even tell me. The last time somebody had 13 or more sacks. I think it's Reggie. I do. I think it's Reggie. I think you have to go back to the 80s and 90s for something like that. And you're asking Hassan Reddick to put up Reggie White numbers. That guy's not Reggie White. This is what I've been trying to tell you. You paid a guy $15 million. You're not going to get the value out of the guy. And I don't care him chasing around Washington. That's quite a bit of money. Okay? 18 or 19, was he? What year was that? 2011? 12 years ago. Or 11 years ago. 11 years ago, you're asking a guy who's going on his third team now to put up more than 13 sacks. We'll see. That's my point. You don't let guys loose that are guys that put up 20 sacks, 13 or 14 sacks on championship teams. You don't. But I say this to you, between 11 and 13 is acceptable. Do we agree? Okay. 11 to 13 is acceptable. I agree with you. Look at this. Two things. We agree now that how he's going to draft a quarterback in next April's draft, probably between three and five in rounds. And now we all agree that Hassan Reddick were in to fulfill that contract and what we are expecting out of him has to now be between 13 or 11 and 13 sacks. Look at this. We're agreeing. We're agreeing. What championship team did he come from? I never said he came from a championship team. Okay. How he also drafted a quarterback. Reggie White had 21 sacks in 12 games in 87. 
Yeah, that was the strike year. And also, too, I think that was also the year that um, he was in a supplemental draft. That's right. I, and, 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 and Xander, listen, Xander and I are both Will Anderson guys. Will Anderson is going to bring Michael Parsons' presence on a defense. Hassan Reddick does not bring a presence like that. He has no presence. Michael Parsons brings a presence. Aaron Donald brings a presence. TJ Watt brings a presence. Will Anderson will bring a presence. Hassan Reddick doesn't. Okay? He doesn't. He doesn't strike fear in me. So, between 11 and 13. Okay. Another topic for you. Let's transition into this. Look at this. We got two topics that we agree on. Nothing haterade here, right? All perfect. You disagree with what, Slasher? What number? Slasher, you pick the number. What's an acceptable number for Hassan Reddick for you? Just tell me. I'd love to hear what you think. But he could, Sales. Nobody strikes fear in somebody that's going on their third team. Hassan Reddick, I do not game plan against. He's a dude. You don't, Micah Parsons is not going on his third team in three years ever. Chase Young will not either. I guarantee you once they get this kid Thibodeau's engine running, he's not either. 11 sacks? I said between 11 and 13, dude. He's between 11 and 13. I'm going to be okay with Hassan Reddick. That'll be an impact on a championship team. At minimum, okay. See, I'm with you. Now we go to this topic with Jalen Hurts. This is a money game for Jalen. This game this weekend is a money game. So is next weekend, really. You're going against two quarterbacks that make an excess of $42 million. One guy makes 42 And Dak, next week, this week, you're playing against a guy that makes 46.1. These next two weeks, Jalen's got to outperform these two quarterbacks to get his bag of money. Because if you take down two $40 million quarterbacks, what's his agent going to say to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and go like this? Dude, he beat two guys that are making max money. How is he not a max guy? He won the East for you? Got your football team in the NFC Championship game? How is he not making? See, it's one thing to beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to make $46 million. He's never, even though he's beaten those guys, he's never really outperformed Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? And Dak, well, Dak's Dak. Okay? Right? I mean, Garoppolo's never going to see $46 bucks, Ever. Never going to see it. Jalen might. When, when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, even when he beats Aaron Rodgers, you're going to go like this. I'll pay Aaron 50. I ain't paying that guy 50. I just, I can't. And no one in the league would. And I agree. 
even though he is 39 and 17. I get it. It's the biggest contradiction of all time. People will pay Kyler Murray 46.1 for doing shit, and a guy like Garoppolo, who's 39 and 17, will never make the money that Kyler Murray. I know. I, I, I get it. It's one of the biggest contradictions. I'm looking at the Saints schedule. They won't win six games this year. The head coach, I think Dennis Allen is not a head football coach. This is now being proven out for a second time. They'll move Minshew. They'll have to move him probably in the offseason. And more ammo for Anderson. Right now you're sitting in the three-hole, which is amazing. You should just sit there and let the Saints implode. You don't really have to do anything. Richie, Jimmy G's never going to make $46 bucks. He's just never going to make it. Well, Richie has never made it. He's made 28, 25, and he was a backup quarterback, and he was fired from his job in San Francisco. And there weren't a lot of takers. Now, again, all being said that he was injured, so there weren't really a lot of people in the open market looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Aaron Rodgers is not worth $50 million. Really? How about those 40 wins he's got the last three and a half years? Yeah, okay. We're out to another three-and-one start. The last three years, they've won 13 ball games. So... In essence, they've won 36 Balkans. Here, let's do that. Listen to what this guy says. Aaron Rodgers is not worth the money. 13 and 3, 13 and 3. That's 26 and 6. And then they went 13 and 4. That's 39 and 10. And this year they're 3 and 1. They're 42 and 11. So in the last 53 ball games, Aaron Rodgers has won 42. And this guy says he's not worth 50 million. You're high and a horrible take. 52 of 42 of 53 games, Aaron Rodgers has won, and he ain't worth it. Well, then what do you think Jalen Hurts is worth having gone 0-6 versus playoff teams and beating Kirk Cousins? If Aaron Rodgers is overrated, you have no room to talk about Jalen Hurts. Okay? No room. Two MVPs on top. I think he's won four or five now. You know, I think that guy actually has more MVPs than Brady. I think, he, I think it's four or five. Incredible. But this is a money game for Jalen. Jalen's got to play great against Kyler. Not just win the game. He's got to outplay him. He don't outplay him. Organization's going to go like this. Is he Garoppolo or is he Lamar? Because right now the Eagles still don't know what he is. You know the biggest, you know the biggest quagmire the Eagles are in? What is Jalen Hurts? If you can't put a price tag on 39 and 17 and 0, and two of the last three NFC championship games, and one Super Bowl appearance and one NFC title. For Jimmy Garoppolo, what is Jalen Hurts' contract? What's he worth having gone 0-6 versus playoff teams last year? And really, a very unimpressive list of roster of teams they've won against. He's excelled doing the things he has to do. But when you're playing against Kyler Murray and Dak, this is where you earn your dough. 
He's special, Stephen says. What's he done that's so special? What's, what would you say, Stephen, has been the most special thing that he's won and done? What would be the biggest special? And by the way, I'm not, in, I'm not criticizing. I'm asking. I'm not indicting. I'm asking. What is the biggest accomplishment Jalen Hurts has accomplished so far on October 6th? 4-0? That's not that impressive to get 46 million bucks. So Daniel Jones is 3-1. and one. Should he get a contract extension? Would you give Daniel Jones a contract extension because he's 3-1? and one? Nobody in their right mind would give that guy a contract extension. The Giants are going to be in the draft looking for a quarterback next year. Calm yourselves. Think about it. The 49ers are moving. Hey, get this. If Jimmy Garoppolo wins a Super Bowl, are the Niners really still going to move off of him and put Trey Lance back in there next year? Really? <laughs> okay. Jimmy Garoppolo is a dead man walking in San Fran. And now people are talking about the Niners being one of the contenders in the NFC. And he knows it. He's auditioning right now for every team in the league almost. Okay? What is he? Listen, don't turn it back on me. What has Jalen done in the last two years to say that he's done something special for to be paid like Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott? This is the question here. These next two weeks. will Here, how about this? Just so you guys, because I see where this is going already, because you guys are all, not all, most are idiots. Um, these next two weeks, if he beats two guys that are making in excess of 46 million bucks, Jalen Hurts has an argument then to go like this. Well, I'm beating big paid money guys now. You got to pay me too. Kyler Murray hasn't done shit. And I just beat him. You see, he's building equity up when he does. He has no equity right now, except that he's getting in conversation for a potential salary hike that's going to be extensive. But how much? You haven't beaten any. You keep calling all those numbers that Kirk Cousins put up, hollow numbers. So are Jalen's. I mean, he's put all those numbers that you guys throw at me against shit teams and non-playoff teams. Those are Kirk Cousins' numbers. These next two weeks, these are going to be, and by the way, I want to walk back on one thing. I do think that that's a, I think that's a good win for him against Minnesota. Minnesota's three and one. And I think they're a playoff team. Okay. I do. That's why it's probably the most significant win he's had since he's been an Eagle quarterback. And it's a good, they're one of the teams in the NFC that have a shot. I don't think to go far, but to get in, it doesn't matter. Your playoff team, you get in, that's a good win. I'm trying to be reasonable here. The next two weeks, this is where he goes like this, and you start having to say this. Well, they're 6-0. and He beat Dak. He's the top quarterback in the NFC East, and he just beat Kyler Murray, who got a pay raise to 46-1. Now the Eagles have to start talking money. And now you're not talking about 35 million bucks. Now you're talking Dak Prescott money. 
These next two weeks, this is money games. These are next, these two quarterbacks are money games for him. His agent knows that. Beating Wentz, Jared Golf. That gets you anywhere. Beating these two guys. Look, these guys aren't the best quarterbacks in the league, but you know what they are? They own the money belts. I used to tell people all the time, Floyd Mayweather, I don't know if I really ever enjoyed his fights, but he did own the money belt. And anybody that fought Mayweather, including Conor McGregor, got paid enormous money. Why? Because he was in the ring with him. That's what this is. Jalen's in the ring now with a big money dude. Beat him. I'll play him. Because, again, the guy in San Francisco could come back to you and go, that dude hasn't done shit compared to my resume. He hasn't. Garoppolo might be the most disrespected player in the NFL for what he's accomplished. You know Garoppolo has to be considered one of the greatest quarterbacks in Niner history for the wins, for the type of wins, for who he's beaten, the games he's won the Super Bowls he's gotten to, the NFC Championship games, which are multiple. What other quarterback in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers in the last 15 years doesn't have the resume that Garoppolo has in the postseason. Or he's probably right there with the one loss. He's got to be one of the most disrespected. Okay? Tell me, again, Am I right when I say, look, we've agreed on two. These next two, if Jalen Hurts outperforms Kyler Murray and Dak, his agent now, and he wins the games, man, you're talking about some good stuff here. Cut what out? What are you talking about? Cut what? Dude, stop with Jimmy. You actually think Jalen Hurts is more accomplished than Garoppolo? What a bunch of idiots. What a bunch of idiots. Holy shit. Are you stupid? 0-6 versus playoff teams. You beat Cousins and you're calling yourself and your quarterback more accomplished than Garoppolo. And you didn't even beat, Jimmy beat the Eagles last year. (laughs) Hey, we're going to move off of this one because you're not intelligent enough to have this conversation. You're not. You're not intelligent enough. You're not. So we're going to end this one here. Okay? You are not intelligent enough to have this conversation. Because if you actually think that, we're moving on. That ain't happening. I want to talk about the Cowboys. Also, the Eagles are favored by five, I believe it is, right now over the Cardinals. Okay? I want to hit on that. I want to hit a little bit on this Cardinal team, too. And I think this Cardinal team, I'll show you where maybe they can give the Eagles some problems on Sunday. We'll do that. Do me a favor. Big Sills here talking to you all the time about our friends at Morgan & Morgan. And Morgan & Morgan is here to protect you and your family 
because they have for the last 30 years to the tune of $13.5 billion. If you've ever been hurt or injured on the job, these are your people. I've known John Morgan and his family and his business for over 30 years. This is who they are and what they are. They represent you to the best of their ability. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, they are there to protect you and your family's rights. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. When you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sills sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust, the Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Big Skills. By the way, top of the hour, I want to talk A.J. Brown. And we will talk about him at the top of the hour here. Before we get into Cardinals and Eagles on Sunday, I want to say this to you about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Here's a prime example of why Aaron Rodgers may be the more talented player. End of the day, he's a pathetic leader. Brady's going to lose his family probably because of football. That damn football takes it away from you, man. I know. Billionaire. Seven trophies. All the money in the world, all the fame in the world. Yet his family's leaving him. You know why? He sacrificed everything. Sacrificed everything. You have to do that. If you want to be Tom Brady. Being great sometimes, folks. This is why LeBron fell short of Jordan. Cost Jordan a family. He's making up for it now. With his daughter and his kids. When you're that guy, look at Tiger. Look at Ali. Look at all the superstar guys that we consider those Tiffany gold standard dudes. All lost families. Home life, not what you thought. They're human. But they sacrificed everything. Beautiful model. Woman who's put her own career on hold. Brady couldn't break away, though. I think he's going to play probably a couple more years now. Probably told her that. Hey, this may not be it. Brady in a booth. Aaron Rodgers comes out and says this. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come back if we don't have the development of our wide receivers this year. That's going to really determine a lot. What a wormy answer. You're four games into the season. Shut your face. Go play ball. Go make them better. And if you got a problem with someone, walk up to him and say it. Don't go to the Pat McAfee show and say it. What kind of shithead are you? Honestly, man, can you imagine Jalen Hurts going, you know, I got to tell you, they may offer me a contract, but I'm not going to be here because I really don't like Devontae. And I really don't like Shane Steichen the way that they put a game plan together. Or I really don't like the way things are going. You know, I'd like to have a little bit more of a pocket presence instead of having to roll out a lot. I have a problem with the way he'll never talk. You will never hear Jalen Hurts talk like that. I am convinced of that. He'll never publicly ever put anyone under a bus. I am if I ever heard that, I would be stunned and disappointed, and I'm convinced I'll never hear that from Hertz. Never hear that. Never. But here you got this guy, and you guys are right. It's not Aaron Rodgers' talent that gets in the way. It's Aaron Rodgers himself that gets in the way. Okay, he is. He is like a tennis player playing on a sports team and on a football team with that mentality. He doesn't see the other guys as being as valuable as him. He doesn't see the other guys that he needs people to move his success. He thinks it's all him. That's why that guy failed. And you know what? Some would say, Sills, he won a Super Bowl. He's got all these MVPs. Has he really failed? Well, when you have Tom Brady as the gold standard and you never approached anything near that, yeah, you failed. 
You failed. Shit, Roethlisberger's more accomplished than you. Ben Roethlisberger's more accomplished. Honestly, more Super Bowl wins. Dude. GT goes, I love the way Hertz handles the press. I love the way Hertz handles himself. Okay? Neil goes, so everyone failed. That's not what I said, jackass. There's no reason to go public on a Pat McAfee show saying whether or not you're going to come back because you think your whiteouts are shitty. That's the point. Jesus, criminy. What a jack wagon. Some of you people have cotton in your ears or are unable to deal with conversation. Yeah, I've got a new creed now. Sometimes I'm just going to end a topic because you're not capable of handling it. Look at, look at JB. Seals, you have balls calling these guys failures. Why? You're talking to a guy who failed himself. What's your point? You're talking to a guy who failed himself. That's where I'm coming from. Seals <laughs> has balls behind his camera. Ah, I'm retired. Too retired now. <laughs> oh, let me go over here to Nick Sirianni before we get to AJ Brown at the top of the hour here. You know, I got to say this about Nick Sirianni. I'll tell you one thing that he's done that I think is really cool. You tell me if you agree. Sirianni has expanded. The good vibe in the building that Doug Peterson laid out in his predecessor. You know, Doug made it kind of cool to be in the room. You know, former players that created a great atmosphere. You know what I'm talking? Hey, Jam, I know, I, I know, I know the adjustments, but more so, what I'm saying, it's a good vibe in the building with him. Urban Meyer is a great example of what not having a good vibe in the building is. And when you have positive things in the building and you're constantly having and you're talking good stuff and you're constantly motivating and pushing guys to excel and exceed and to be great and to be good people. He, he, he he's, looks like he's fun to play for. And I'd say Doug is too. And I, I think that's a hard thing. Can you imagine this? So look at what they had in there prior to Doug. You had Chip Kelly in there. Really? Does it look like Chip Kelly's a lot of fun to play for? He had marginal success at the beginning of his start there in Philly. But did it look like it was a lot of fun to play for Chip? I can't think so, right? Dude, it looks like it's a bunch of fun. It looks like when you're in that building, that those guys, man, I mean... It looks like those guys are all buying into what he's saying and doing. And you know how hard that is, man. But then again, you win 11 of the last 14 ball games. That's what I'm saying here. Carson goes, Sills like Sirianni now? I never said that. I said it looks like he's got a good vibe in the building. And it looks like things are really fun to play for. Let's see when a little adversity hits. 
Okay, right now it looks good. It looks like he's created a good environment here. We'll see. Everything's perfect right now for the Eagles. It won't be. They're going to have to weather stretches of bad football. Oh, I know. Everyone 17 and 0. I know. I get it. I understand. I know everyone thinks that's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, there's only been one team in 103 years, but we got we got a football team, according to some of you out here, that's going to have 3,000-yard receivers, a quarterback. Well, what was his, Andrew? 5,400 yards and 72 touchdown passes and 17-0 and win a Super Bowl. It's beautiful to think that way. It's all good to think that way, too. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Adversity, like 14-0. and 0. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, Jason Peters walked out of the game because of Chip. God, can you imagine some guy like Jason Peters going, I don't want to play for this guy. That guy's a goat, man. Please come and play. Okay? Please come and play. History repeats itself. Yeah. Uh, everything is impossible with the Eagles, according to Sills. No, I said you're going to win the NFC and play the Bills in the Super Bowl. Is that impossible? That's what you think is impossible? Okay. Sorry, do you think that way? I don't. And like I started the show out, I think you're actually better than what McNabb thinks. And Colin Coward. I actually think you're better than what those guys think. Okay. That's not possible. Okay. I get it. (laughs) Xander goes, if that happens, that dude's getting a big bag. I'll tell you what, if that happens, um, Jalen Hurts will be the highest paid NFL football player in the league. If that goes down. Okay. <laughs> James, all good. Hit the like button. Hour two coming up. We're going to talk AJ Brown. I want to hit on this kid here. A little bit more on the little guy. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Hassan Reddick. Got to hit on him. I want to revisit one more comment, too, that McNabb made about Jalen Hurts. Hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com.
score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Two National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Oh, by the way, I just got invited to a great party. I got to show you guys. It's Lee Steinberger. Lee Steinberg's um, thirty-six. Look at this. So it's the thirty-sixth annual Super Bowl party. That Steinberg puts on with Maxim. I know Xander. Easy Xander, easy. And I get and I get to bring my wife. That my wife's only my wife's been to a few of these things. She does, she doesn't really. It's not her big deal, and it's in Glendale, so it's pretty close to me too. So look at this. Hold on here. Hold on for a second. Do I have to RSVP? Yeah, here it is, right here. Here's the invitation. And Big Seal's got to put the RSVP down there to go uh, to this thing here. This Lee Stein, Lee's been putting on this Super Bowl party like for almost 30 years now. And it is off the chain. All the Maxim chicks show up too. Sierra was there last year. It was really great, man. It's a really great party. I mean, the grub alone is spectacular. And Lee's a good friend of mine. And he's Patrick Mahomes' agent. So... Dare I say this? Okay. Dare I say this? You know, Lee kind of hooks me up on some things. Imagine this. Lee Steinberg is Patrick Mahomes' agent. You think he knows some things? <laughs> he was Troy Aikman's agent. He was Warren Moon's agent. God, man. I think he was Deion Sanders' agent for a while. Lee's a hell of an agent. I mean, the movie... Um, the movie... What's that? Jerry Maguire? He was the consultant on it. And he's in it actually at the end with Troy. Yeah, it's good people, man. Okay. Well, Big Sills, Big Sills leaves the cave for that thing. 
Nice call, Xander. I, I leave the cave for that thing. I've gone to a bunch of them. Okay? I love that stuff. Sills, you're the only analyst that thinks we are going to the Super Bowl with an unproven quarterback. I think because that quarterback is continuing to improve. And I think that that football team uh, is getting better and better every week. These next two weeks, in my opinion, okay, these next two weeks are going to tell me a lot more about the football team too. Okay? Dan doing the Eagle show with Tampa merch in the background. Keith, I played there. And that was a gift by Leroy Salmon. Okay? And the cup up there is Jerome Brown's cup that we were giving gifts when he died. There's a hat back there, too, that's Jerome Brown's 25th annual golf tournament. And I happened to play with Jerome at Miami. And the president of the United States gave me that thing with the patch on it up there. Anything else? Merch. I don't have any merch. The jersey, it says Robustelli, that's his Hall of Fame induction jersey. And it was given to me after he died. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he's also in the Ring of Honor in the Giants history. Played at Franklin Field numerous times versus Bednarik and them dudes. And Dan, you still can't get to... Hey, dude, Steven, we're working on that, man. Okay? You know what, maniac? I'm not doing that, man. Seals, please undo the top button. No way. No way. I like it, man. Makes me look like a vato. Sorry. Not happening. I'm struggling to breathe because of that top button. Ha! <laughs> I have to use my inhaler. <laughs> yeah, you guys are terrible, man. All right, let me move on to this thing here. Okay, hey, let me go here with you. And I happen to agree now with what you guys are saying here. Um, Dan, you played for two weeks and was on a practice squad. No, I played seven years. And four different leagues. How many leagues you playing? How many contracts have you been offered? How many contracts did you sign? I was drafted ahead of Jalen, I think. I was a 56 player taken. I'm not sure what he was. Maybe he was higher. Yeah, that's a good point. Was I drafted ahead of Jalen? Let's take a look at Jalen Hurts. He may have been the 30th player. Jalen Hurts. To Wikipedia, see Jaylen here, Jalen was the 53rd. Damn it, I was the 56th. Damn it, he was drafted ahead of me by three players. Damn, 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 he got me by three players. Oh man, that would have been great if I was drafted ahead of him. Damn, 53rd. Oh, it's the 56th. Shit. Oh, that's terrible. Jalen Hurts was drafted ahead of me. If you ain't first, you're last. I love it. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Thought I had him, man. Damn. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. I happen to agree with you guys on this. 
Do you guys agree? Seals, I played at Oregon during your time. Remember me. <laughs> uh, Dan is a troll. By the way, I got a great picture for you guys. Somewhere, where is that picture? Me, Sack, and Doug Peterson. Yeah, I got it somewhere. Where is that picture? Big Sill, Sack, and Doug Peterson. Got it somewhere. Ah, it's all good. Is this it? Oh, yeah. Doug Peterson right there. How you doing, Doug? Here comes Big Sills. Boom. <laughs> Look at that. Look at Doug, man. He's getting ready to get crushed by your boy, Big Sills. Look at that. <laughs> Doug Peterson ready to get killed by Big Sills. All right. Let's move on here. I'm kidding around here. All right. Let's do this. <clears throat> Has A.J. Brown had more of an impact on the Eagle team than what T.O. had on that 4 Eagle team? A.J., because, hey, watch this. Did T.O. make McNabb better in 4 I'm going to lean on you guys. Did did he? TV says same level. So far, maybe. Too early to say no, Anthony says. Stats say yes besides TDs. Joshua, do you do? Tio was, dude, he missed games too, man. He had 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns or some crazy number. He... He was spectacular that year. I mean, that was the best version of Terrell Owens that in his entire career was that 04 season. I don't care what he says. He was he was special. Okay? He was special. Jess, you think that T.O. made McNabb better? Incomplete. T.O. broke his leg that year. He did. And he came back for the Super Bowl and was... What did he get, like 14 catches for like 140 yards in that game too on a bad wheel? T.O. was in his prime. T.O. Was, was awesome that year. I mean, dude, they went to him. They targeted him, and he delivered. Not even close. T.O. was the man. Too bad McNabb was jealous of him. So do, how, how are you looking at A.J.? Is A.J. Brown bringing that same kind of impact to the football team? Would we would we not agree? Check it out. And I'm wrong about this, and I'll agree to this. I'm wrong on this. The impact of him not being in Tennessee, it's noticeable. It is noticeable in Tennessee without him being there. It looks they don't look as physical and they don't look as imposing as they did. Remember something about the Titans? They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. They were imposing of a team. And A.J. was part of that, along with Derrick Henry. I know he went out. But there was a sense, and you were they were imposing when they stepped on the field. Empire says A.J. plays very similar to T.O. That's why I brought the topic up, because it reminds me of that. And he, he actually reminds me a little bit of Michael Irvin, too. A.J. is underrated. 
Eagle, you know why he's underrated? Because his numbers are not spectacular. This year, they are out to a great start. But if you look at his career numbers, they're not overwhelming. Empire, he doesn't have overwhelming stats. Like, you don't see Jamar Chase numbers. There's no 1,500-yard year and 100 catches. Guys average 61 catches a year. It's not like he has, like, 100-catch year and 1,300 yards. That's why he's underrated, because his stats are underwhelming. He doesn't have great career stats. They're not. When you look at A.J. Brown and watch him play, his stats don't match up to the talent on the field, right? You know how sometimes we talk about Kirk Cousins and you see those big numbers and you watch him play on a Monday night against the Eagles and you go, uh-uh. When you watch A.J. play, and we, when you watch A.J. play against the Jags last week, did you not go like this? That dude's a mismatch. He is a mismatch. Just keep throwing it to him. But yet, when you look at his career numbers, they're not overwhelming. I mean, there's nothing. If you didn't, if you didn't see the name, you'd go, oh, well, looks like Hunter Renfro. Actually, Hunter Renfro's a 100-catch guy. Okay? He's a 100-catch guy. Dude, I don't, I don't think A.J. Brown has over 80 catches in his career for a single season. They're not spectacular. Seals, did you hate playing in the cold? I, I didn't matter that. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. Dude, the incredible heat in Florida was a thing. Dude, I'll tell you where I minded playing GT in Denver. When you go up to Denver and play, and you go up to Denver and you play, that's an altitude thing, and that's a real deal. AJ and Metcalf are very comparable. Yeah, when you watch, hey, Metcalf is killing it with Seattle right now, Geno Smith. It's hard to believe. Keith, I get it. He missed some games last year. I understand that. And plus, the offense ran through Derrick Henry. Absolutely true, all of that. But like I said, it's not a diss on AJ, but his numbers aren't spectacular. That's why when the question where someone brought up, when you look at A.J. Brown, do you think he's underrated? I go, his numbers make that assumption. But when you watch, like I said, when I watched him play against Detroit and I watched him play versus the Jags this past weekend, he's a mismatch on the field. There is nobody can defend him. if he Once he catches the ball, dude, you, you need a really good bunch of tacklers to get him on the ground. He don't go down easy. You know, sometimes guys catch passes and they go down easy. He ain't that guy. He's a bulldog out there. Once he gets that ball, he reminds me. I'll tell you who he plays like, DeAndre Hopkins, but more physical. DeAndre Hopkins catches more third down passes than anybody I've ever seen when he plays. He's just not as big, I don't think, as AJ. AJ AJ's a tank. He's a tank. Okay? I mean, a tank. Like I said, watching him against the Jags, I'm going like this. Damn, that dude can play. I even tweeted it out. <laughs> AJ Brown's a mismatch, man. <laughs> and there's no, you know, as a matter of fact, I haven't seen a secondary that has been able to control him. You know, you know who the two toughest guys have been to cover? I'll tell you a guy that's kind of getting swallowed up in all this. Devontae's numbers are down. His catches are down from last year. Okay? 
probably because of that goose egg in Detroit. But his catch numbers are down. He's not, you know, I mean, Devontae Smith may have less yards and less catches than he did a year ago. That could play out still. Because I'll tell you, the two dudes, dude, every time Dallas Goddard catches the ball, I'm like, that guy jumps over people. He is a tough cover. Man, every time Dallas Goddard gets the ball, I think he's scoring. I think he's scoring. I do, man. AJ's top five right now. We can live with those. Can you live with those results? Yeah, man, because this is Xander. AJ's in the top five wide receivers right now, though. Can we live with those results? Yeah, absolutely. But, dude, it's not in his numbers. AJ, against the guys in the secondary of the opposing teams he's playing, like, watch this. Can I, can, do you guys, will you guys agree? Will you guys agree? Xander, will you agree with this? Um, I mean, results for uh, Devontae. Um, here, let me tie it in. If Devontae's numbers are down, catch-wise, okay, still got some numbers up there. He's kind of right where he was a year ago in yards. No, I'm not. And by the way, it's four games. I'm not fretting over anything with him. He's a great route runner, one of the best in the game. Um, there's, there's no, this is no diss here. But you know those numbers that you talked to me about, Kirk Cousins, when Cousins gets like 355 yards and they lose, he has to get three touchdowns, got a great completion percentage, or even like Carson Wentz. When A.J. Brown gets 90 yards, they're 90 big yards. Third down, carrying guys, red zone. How many wide receivers have you seen? Tim Brown was a great example of this. Tim Brown had more 100 yard football games and meaningless football games than anybody I ever saw in my career covering the sport. Do you ever remember Tim Brown? And he's a Hall of Fame guy being a significant offensive weapon for the Raiders. Name me one game that you went, wow, he was unbelievable. They were like all shitty numbers on shitty football teams. He was, they were like, Nothing numbers. They were nothing numbers. And he made it to the Hall of Fame because Tim Brown, Notre Dame, whatever, Raiders, which shocked me he got in. But when I look at Tim Brown and go, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown is superior to Tim Brown. Okay? Superior. Who would you take, Sills? Tim Brown, the Hall of Fame wideout for the Raiders? Or would you take A.J. Brown? You give me A.J. Brown all night long. I'll take that dude. That dude's a weapon. He's hard to get on the ground. Like that guy, like I said, the yards he had against the uh, Jags last week, dude, those were th- those were man yards. How many times did you see two dudes on him trying to get him on the ground last week in the rain? He, I mean, Tim Brown was the man on kickoff returns. For what Raider team do you remember he was significant in? I don't ever remember Tim Brown playing on a good Raider team. What, the Tuck game? Maybe. I think they made it to one AFC championship game with how he was playing. Dude, he played on some dog shit Raider teams. 
I don't remember him ever being significant in anything. Those were all Kirk Cousin numbers. Sills, did you take AJ or Debo? I'll take Debo because he does more. Now, that's not AJ's fault. Kyle Shanahan puts Debo in more of a position of need on that offense. So Debo does more in that offense. Hard to say, okay? Hey, by the way, it's close. It's close, okay? And dude, when you're being compared to Debo Samuel or you're being compared to A.J. Brown, dude, you're in a really rare conversation of guys who are playmakers. A.J. Brown's a playmaker, okay? Hunter Renfro's not. When you see guys with all these big numbers, watch this. uh, Stephon Diggs is a playmaker. He's a playmaking wide out. T. Higgins, he gets those numbers because of Jamarcus Chase and because of Burrow. T. Higgins, really? Randall Cobb? Those guys aren't playmakers. A.J. Brown's a playmaker. He's a difference changer. Dude, I swear. <laughs> Go back on my, my uh, Twitter feed. I'm like, this guy's unguardable, man. You can't guard that guy. And he carries dudes with him. He's, he's, he's really like Michael Irvin. You know, the only guy that ever gave Michael Irvin a lot of trouble was Aeneas Williams from the Cardinals because he was physical on Mike. Okay, he was physical on him. Eric Allen a little bit too, but not, not as much as Aeneas. Aeneas Williams... Used to put the clamps on him because he's a big dude. 21 to 25 AJ catches have gone for 10 plus yards and yak. Man, he, and he carries guys. Okay? And he carries dudes. Xander, do any elite quarterbacks look like they may take a step back this year? Some look shaky. I think Trevor Lawrence taking a step forward. Jalen has made the most from a year ago for a young quarterback. Jalen has taken the biggest leap of anybody. Watch this. I'll, I'll say something to you guys, and I believe this. Has Jalen Hurts made a bigger leap in his second year of starting than what Josh Allen did in Buffalo? Yes. Now, It's a different way of looking at it, though. Allen is a better passer. Jalen is winning games because he's thinking himself through the game and he sees the game slower. He wins differently than Josh. So it's a different way and a different way to get to Z. Everyone's got their own yellow brick road, how they get to a win and how they win ball games. I told you, just like the comparison in golfers. Jim Furyk had the shittiest swing of all time. He still won major championships. Okay? I mean, John Daly, whatever you thought of him, he still won major championships in his own way and not like Tiger or Phil. Everyone's got their own swing on how they're going to win. And Jalen's got his own swing on how he wins. He doesn't win like Josh Allen. He's not going to win like Joe Burrow. That's why I said when I started my show last hour, I think the Eagles are still trying to figure out what that identity is of him. Because is he Garoppolo? Is he, what is he? By the way, no one should ever throw shade on a guy who's 39 and 17. And 
the coach is 19 to 29 without him. There's no disputing it. You could talk about choking and this and that. Well, if Garoppolo chokes, Shanahan's a shitty coach then. Then Kyle Shanahan's a shitty coach. And he should be fired. If he's that bad a coach without Jimmy, he should be fired. Not revered. You know, Garoppolo's 7-0 against McVay and the Rams. Dude. I said, Devin, his catches are down. He won't stay on that pace, continuing with the less catches. You understand that. He's on pace for less catches. Okay? Less catches aren't going to put you at 1,100 yards. I don't care who you are. You think 62 catches are going to get you 1,100 yards? I don't think so. Um, how is he 7-0? Regular season, my friend. Excuse me, Flex. I saw that stat on the Herd Show. 7-0 in the regular season. Thank you for um, reminding me. I had to put that quantifier up. Arizona wearing all black uniforms. Jesus, criminy. My, oh, that's right. They're inside. Thank God. Okay? Thank God they're inside. So you think he's had the same impact, though, as T.O., right? You think he's had that same impact? I do too. I think he's had the same impact as Terrell Owens. Okay? I think he's had it. Okay? Okay. Um, would you agree? Let's transition into this here. Has this been the best linebacking core that the Philadelphia Eagles have had since when? This is the best linebacking core I have seen. Okay. I can't, I mean, when's the last time the Eagles had great linebackers like this? And the way that they're playing. And how good they're playing. 04 Trotter days. The, the, um, the McNabb run, when those linebackers were in there, Jeremiah Trotter and them guys. Since Seth, late 80s. You know, that, that, that kind of time frame from like 87 to 04, pretty good linebacker playing Philly. Right? Pretty good linebacker play. Well, maybe not after the Kotai years. Because the Eagles went downhill after that. After the Kotai years, they started going downhill. They didn't get really back up into it until 95, 96, when they started getting back on the train again, where they started building up a football team. Okay, right? I mean, it was like it started to get towards the late 90s when you started seeing, well, actually, probably the arrival of Andy Reid is when that whole thing started turning around. Right, probably in like 2000, you started seeing like some really good linebacker play starting to. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Play. This is really good play. And get this, ain't one first rounder in the bunch, which is remarkable. The Eagle linebackers this year, I mean, TJ Edwards has been such a spark plug to that entire defense. And the way that they play defense, it's because of him. It's rejuvenated a lot of careers, including Fletcher and those guys, from the way that he gets up and down the line of scrimmage. Okay? I mean, he's absolutely really made an impact. Um, Sills, you're awesome, but when you said Eagles can't beat KC or San Fran or Green Bay, not good? Well, I don't think you can yet. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, San Francisco, that's going to be a good game. San Francisco and San Francisco and Philly have as deep a rosters as anybody in the league. And San Francisco showing you with their injuries right now that they're able to weather it. They just beat up the Rams. And remember something, too. Remember this. Before you can start barking about saying that you're in a conversation with the rest of those teams, you got to beat one of those teams. And you have not in three years. You have not beat anybody, really, quite frankly, in three years. You had four wins three years ago. You were 0-6 versus playoff teams a year ago. And you beat a good Vikings team. That's not much to lay on. You really, are you re- when you say that, well, we could beat the Rams, we could beat the, no, you haven't in three years. And first and foremost, you got to beat Dallas, like I said. Okay? You keep, guys keep talking about things that have not happened and potential. I tell you this all the time about potential. Anytime somebody brings, brings up potential, that means you haven't done it. Nobody talks about Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and uses the phrases potential. There's no potential. We know what they are, who they are. Dan, do you think the Jags won't make the playoffs? I don't think they will. I think they're still learning how to win. Okay? Chalk it up sports. Hey, Cilio. Is a win in Arizona high quality win? Uh, yeah, you got a quarterback who's making forty six point one million bucks. They made the playoffs a year ago. They're considered to be a fringe playoff team this year. Hey, by the way, one more time, chalk it up, sports. I think the win over Vikings in Minnesota is a good win. I'm not talking. I'm gonna take. I have not taken anything away from that victory. I have not. I think that team has a better chance of making the playoffs than the Jags do. Because I think the Jags are in a tougher division. Or no, excuse me, not tougher division, tougher conference in the AFC, okay? Okay, I mean, what win was in Philly? Both wins were in Philly. 
Minnesota and um, uh, the Jags were in Philly. What, what, what are you saying there, uh, Zand? We win these next two games. Do you think 10-0 is in our sight? I do. Well, then you got the Steelers on the flip side of the bye. Then you start to get in a little bit tougher, more uh, some tougher teams, and they're not really great. I actually think the tougher end may turn out to be the front end of your schedule than it was the middle part. Green Bay's in there. Cowboys are in there somewhere, too. I think it's week 12. Jags win seven, eight games at most. I missed the playoffs with that, but again, I think they're improved. I think that, like Xander said, of all the young quarterbacks, you know, I mean, I think Justin Fields is just going the other way. I think he's regressed. Then again, it's Chicago, though. It's Chicago. Kyler Murray looks to me like he doesn't like Kyler, that or that he doesn't like Cliff Kingsbury. It just doesn't seem that those guys are on the same page. You know, he's always questioning the calls. He puts his head down. He mopes. I don't think he likes the guy. I think, you know, he's trying to do everything to get that guy out of there. It plays into the favor of the Eagles, in my opinion. They beat San Francisco two years ago. Not last year you didn't. Jalen Hurts lost to him last year. And Garoppolo was injured. Would you be surprised if the Eagles lose to the Cards? Not surprised. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. We need to improve on special teams. That'll come. That'll come. The A.J. Brown show has just begun. So according to you, Rodgers' one Super Bowl appearance in 17 years is not worth $50 million. Um... The Green Bay Packers are in the conversation for a Super Bowl every year because of Rodgers. Did you see when he was out? They were a lottery team. He gives you a chance to win that Super Bowl every year. Without Aaron Rodgers, you're the Jets. You're the Jets. He gives you a chance. He you go 13-3 and three every year because of him. Dumb. Another shit take. We should have won that game last year. We beat ourselves. Yeah, Garoppolo made plays down the sideline late in the ball game. What trade would you make? What trade would you like to see the Eagles make? I like that. That's a good topic. That's a good topic. Let's do that. We'll do that. I'm going to write that down there. What trade would you make going into the trade deadline? I want to talk about the secondaries play too. The secondary's play. We're going to do that. Don't forget my good friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. Means this. If you get hurt or injured on the job, they're there for you, Morgan & Morgan, to protect you and your family to the best of their ability. If you don't get paid, they don't get paid. Okay? They're going to make sure you and your family gets fair compensation. Last 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. 
You got 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida. And folks, they're there for you to do the best to their ability to make sure they represent you and your family. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sales sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people. .com. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondly hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Big Sills. And in hour number three, I know some of the guys have been hitting on with um, our friend Howard Balzer. And Howard's going to jump on with us in hour three. He's got a brand new gig, by the way. He covers the Cardinals now. Hall of Fame voter. And he's now with GoPhoenix.com. And he's also, like I said, one of the, I think it's 45 NFL Hall of Fame voters that is in the sport. And he covers now the Cardinals for the team. So uh, we'll have him and we'll get his thoughts. And um, he's got some new information also on Zach Gertz and also J.J. Watt that I want to get out there too. So I asked him a question about J.J. Watt um, and his status for this weekend. He says it looks like it's pretty good. So we'll talk to him. That'll be an hour three at 530 Eastern time, and we'll get his thoughts in on that. So McNabb says your Super Bowl window is two years away, or your chance to win a Super Bowl is two years from now. Why would he say that? And, and, and take personality out of it. Is he right? You don't have the experience at the quarterback position. Maybe that's one of the reasons he's saying it. Because your old line, I think, has the experience. A lot of those dudes were on that 17 team. Some guys on the defense were on that 17 team. Is he saying it because Hertz is not ready? You think he's aiming at, and you think that take is aimed at Jalen? What other possible reason would it be? What other. Did McNabb take a shot at Jalen Hurts? What other reason would it be? We got the receivers. You got the tight end. You surely have the O-line. Your defense is playing. What possibly? You're not that young, Danny. You're not as young as you think you are. You're not. Your center and your right tackle in the next four years, we'll retire. Kelsey's gone after this year. Lane's probably gone in three. What is he, 34? I mean, Fletcher is getting up there in age. You're not as young as you think you are, especially in that old line. Left side you are. You think he took a shot at Jalen Hurts? Right, sure. Come, because I I, I I started to dissect it more. Eh, they're two years away from winning a Super Bowl. Why? Because you don't think the quarterback's experienced enough? That's what he's saying. Tell me I'm wrong. Quarterback is young. He thinks the reason that the Eagles won't win the Super Bowl this year is because of Jalen Hurts. He just didn't want to say it in Philly the way I say it, but he said it on WIP, and you know it. You know he said it. Ah, they're two years away. And he didn't come up with this other bullshit and how he framed it. But you know he meant it, that the quarterback's not experienced enough. You know he meant that. How come nobody calls him out on that? Like, because of Jalen? No, it's because they haven't played together and this and that. Well, then he thinks the 4-0 starts a fraud. I don't. 
I don't. I think they have a shot. Just so you know, I disagree with Donovan McNabb. I disagree with him. Shocking. You've got to sit on the side with Sills here on this. I think he's taking shots at Jalen. Jeremiah, no, McNabb is petty. He picks and chooses who he goes on with because he knows that someone will ask him a question that he probably doesn't like. And you see, can I tell you who he is? He's like the press secretary at the White House picking and choosing who she wants to talk to. Because they know hard questions are coming. That's who McNabb is. And that going on with Howard. I'm not going on with this guy. Because they'll ask me too hard a question. Because he knows, man. His question could be questioned every year he played. Every year he played. Because of the pettiness and the bullshit that he had when he ran the team. McNabb is a lollipop. I agree. He's too sensitive. That's right. That's why he handpicks who he goes on with. So getting McNabb to say anything, that's why he knew he wouldn't get any pushback from the person that said that. And then he said it too. Dude, when I, because I told you, I started my show out talking about McNabb here. And me saying that I happen to disagree with Colin Coward and Donovan McNabb. But McNabb took a shot at Jalen Hurts in a subtle way. See, Sills is not subtle. What in the world would you have a reason? Oh, well, they just don't play together. What? Joe Burrow, he took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in a year and a half of football. What kind of togetherness did they need there? Joe Burrow went to the Super Patrick Mahomes went to the Super Bowl in his second year. Or was it his first year he went? I forget. What, what, what was he talking about with that? Oh, you probably know he hates Mahomes because Reed took Mahomes further. Or Mahomes took Reed further. Any way you want to look at it. Probably hates Patrick Mahomes. Because Andy got it done with him. Andy didn't get it done with McNabb. McNabb has to be the most pettiest guy in Philadelphia sports history. What a, what a like, really wormy guy. Really wormy guy. Deshaun Jackson sucks. Jalen's not ready. The team's not ready. Dude, we can come up with a ton of examples of young quarter. What year? Hey, let me ask you this. What year was Brady when Brady went to the Super Bowl? Was it his second year starting or his first year starting with the Patriots? How about when Kurt Warner? So wait a minute. Here's McNabb's philosophy. They're two years away with playing with one another. So Trent Green's the starting quarterback in St. Louis. And they're getting ready for the regular season. Final exhibition year game happens. And Trent Green goes down. They put in Kurt Warner, who had been a cast off and cut by five different teams. They put him in, they win the Super Bowl. What togetherness did they need? What togetherness did they need? Oh, you know, you got to play a couple years together and, you know, 
formulate. He's such a ugh. damn man. What a shitty comment on jail, dude. And the Philly media doesn't really attack the guy because you know he was taking a shot at Hurts. You don't need two, three years to be a Super Bowl contender. Oh, wait. Wait, here. Last year when Stafford went to the Rams and he spent 12 shitty years in Detroit, they needed to play about two or three years together, you know, before they could really understand one another. Stafford wins a Super Bowl in his first year. Cup looks like he's like the next Jerry Rice. <laughs> hey. You got some winner there, McNabb, man. Well, you know, you know, you know, we've got to play together here and mold it here. Eh, two, three years from now, you know, they'll be a contender. What? See, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to break that shit down for you. You know what he meant, man. How come none of you pointed that out? It was a shot at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts needs two more years, he thinks. He thinks Jalen's not ready. He thinks that 4-0 start of years is fool's gold. Remember, he started 4-0 in 04. Am I right when I say that? Did that 04 team start out 4-0? Okay. Did he start out 0-4? Or, excuse me, 4-0? <laughs> you see... When, when you're a veteran guy and you're a great leader, you're hoping for people to supersede shit that you did. It's like being a parent. You hope your kids do more than you. You pray for that. At least if you're a good parent, you do. You hope your kids supersede your life. Greater person, better parent, better in life, better at making all of that. Your whole, I'm, I am. McNabb's not hoping for You think McNabb is rooting for them to win the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts? Do you really think? Hey, I'd like to know what his feelings were in 17 when Foles delivered it. I'd really like to know what he thought of that. McNabb's one of those guys that says this. Hey, that's a great win. I could have did that too. Instead of going like this, congratulations, guys. Way to go, man. You won one for Philly. Great. It's great to see and be part of it. Be part of the organization. Congratulations. I would say that. Instead, he's like, well, I could have did it. Yeah, but you didn't. They were 7-0 and in 04? Oh, me totally hates what's going on right now then. Because <laughs> he thinks, I, I think this team, some of you may be right. They may get to 10-0. and You ever wonder why McNabb doesn't come around the facility? Because people know he's... He's a crab. He's not a stand-up human being. I happen to agree with that. Seals, do you think it's time to panic in Washington? <laughs> hey, are you talking about government or are you talking about the commanders? <laughs> I, hey, GT, the commanders or our government? Okay, I mean, you let me know. I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, James says Dan's logic is undeniable all you have to do is li listen to him I went back and listened to that interview again last night and said this guy's taking a shot at Jalen Hurts 
the only guy on that team that hasn't really had the experience is the quarterback. How about this? The quarterback position is the least experienced position on the team. That's what he's saying. Well, you got to play together for a couple of years. And that's why, that's why I pointed out this. Man, Mahomes went to the Super Bowl and won it in year two. Brady in first year starting went to the Super Bowl. The guy in Cincinnati took the shitty Bengals to the Super Bowl. Missed the first year, half the year because of an injury. Came back the next year and put that team in the Super Bowl. Stafford needed one year. This guy, you got to play together two years and this and that. And, you know, hey, quarterback's not ready. The quarterback's not ready. And no one calls out McNabb for that. Okay. Jalen. <laughs> Dude, I'm, hey, I am not a, you're wrong if you think I hate on him like McNabb does. I do not. That is not true. Donovan has already upset Jalen is going to be better than him. And Philadelphia loves Jalen too. Right. Xander's right. McNabb's a bitter dude because it didn't go better for him. Here's another example. You had the most bitterest quarterbacks I've ever seen in Randall Cunningham and in Donovan McNabb. Those are two bitter dudes. You know why? Because you guys criticized them. You criticized them. Jalen takes the criticism and it's like water off his back. He don't care. He actually feeds off it. He actually feeds off it. Okay. Billy Cunningham was bitter on the media, not the fans, not the fans. You criticized them, but that wasn't the real issue. It was more the media on him. Donovan couldn't take both. Okay? Donovan couldn't take both. GT goes, McNabb was the best quarterback we have had so far. Completely true. But he's got Aaron Rodgers' personality. Bitter. Self-centered. Not a really great teammate. Same guy. But there's a lot of those guys. Yeah, that's a great call. Xander's right. McNabb is Rodgers without a ring. He's Rodgers without a ring. Great player. Yes. What's this with McNabb? Great player. Right on. Could throw the ball. Right. Accomplished. Somewhat. Yeah. Going to four straight AFC title games. You know what, though? That's more of a product of Andy. You know why I say that? And he's doing it in Kansas City. He's doing the same shit in Kansas City. You know, when you repeat history, I got to give it to the guy that's at the new place. I mean, how many how many straight AFC championship games have they gone to? What is it, four now? What do they go, five? To, I mean, you have to kind of look at Andy Reid and go, eh, it's got to be Big Red here a little bit. Okay, Big Red, right? McNabb can't touch Rodgers' talent. No. Hey, quite frankly, Philly, 
Brady can't either. But Brady's a better player. It's crazy. I know, it's a contradiction. Wait a minute, Sills. Aaron Rodgers is a better talent. Throws the ball better, sees the game better. Have all that when it comes to winning now. Two minutes left in the game. You ain't taking that guy over that dude down in Tampa. That ain't working. Okay, that's like going like this on a 10-foot putt. You got Tiger, you got Phil. I'm taking Tiger. <laughs> I'm taking Tiger in his prime, man. I might even take Tiger bad wheel. <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah, Mahomes helps. So you thought a guy out of Texas Tech was going to turn into that. Okay. So wait a minute. So you think Chip Kelly would be winning in Kansas City with Mahomes? I don't. (laughs) I don't. Dude, McNabb goes on the Philadelphia Airwaves. Taking small little shots. They're going to get more. Hey, by the way. Oh, the more he wins, the more shots you're going to start hearing. McNabb's not one to give pats on the back for other people doing great things. That ain't who he is. He's not giving a guy a pat on the back. Dude, Terrell Owens is the greatest receiver in Philadelphia Eagle history. And he hated him. And by the way, Brady played with a murderer and a guy, A.B., who's bipolar. <laughs> I mean, you had a murderer and bipolar in your locker room and actually lockering next to you. And he won. <laughs> hey, Brady one day has got to write a book on that. Hey, I had a murderer next to me and I had A.B., a bipolar dude. Oh, man, Brady stole one. Rodgers ain't playing with that shit, man. Watch this. You like Dervin Fryer? Yeah, he ain't T.O. though. Okay? No, J.M. Irvin Fryer played longer. Terrell Owens had the greatest wide receiving year in Philadelphia Eagle history. And I'm not really – I don't know if I count the big fella, Carmichael, because he was kind of a hybrid tight end wide out, man. 6'9", you don't defend that, right? 5'8", DB ain't defending Harold Carmichael. <laughs> 6'7". That's not happening. <laughs> hey, hey, Gordon, I'll leave that to you, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, I'm just <laughs> without the welfare. Hey, watch this. All I can say to you, Gordon, is this on uh, Brett Favre. Excuse me, um, Brett, what do you want? Um, you want bologna? Or do you just want cheese? I'll take grape Kool-Aid and I'll have a bologna sandwich. <laughs> Is that my lunch? Yeah, and here's some corn. Oh, and here's some applesauce. <laughs> and where do I sit? In your cell. <laughs> what do you mean where you sit? You sit in your cell. Here's your apple juice or your applesauce. Here's your corn, your bologna sandwich. By the way, it's not toasted either. And only on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you get cheese. And on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you get grape Kool-Aid. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, you get cherry Kool-Aid. Okay? Oh, and know this. Twice a month, you get to walk in the yard. <laughs> That's what Paul Crew Farm's doing in the next couple weeks. 
Hour three coming up. Our friend Howard Balls are now working with the Cardinals, who covers that football team. Big game this weekend. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National football show. Yeah, I would say this to you that uh, there's a new business partner that Favre is going to have in the Mississippi Valley um, Correctional Facility for Men. It's going to be called Big Bubba Soap on a Rope. Just saying. I don't know. (laughs) Please hit the like button. My friend Howard Balzer, NFL Hall of Fame voter. And what's the name of that thing? I think it's Go Phoenix now that he is a reporter covering the Arizona Cardinals. Go Phoenix. It is. Go phnx.com. Hall of Fame voter. We'll get his thoughts. Hey, by the way, are you really going to put an injured Jordan Mulata out there and he's going to try to block J.J. Watt? 
you might want to rethink that. You better have that guy tip-top shape to play against J.J. Watt, okay? J.J. Watt's going to be coming off that end on him. And if he ain't 100%, don't get Jalen hit and injured in that ball game because you want to put a guy out there. I don't know, man. That's something you got to think about. You think an injured Jordan Malata is better than who they would put in his place out there? Would you move Landon Dickerson out there? Dude, JJ's coming for you. And if you got an injured Jordan Malata, I don't know. I might be concerned on that. That's his blind side. Okay? That's his blind side. Hey, JJ's actually playing pretty good. Playing pretty good. Okay? He is. Uh, Jack Driscoll, I didn't think he played all that bad last week, actually. But, dude, he, he ain't Jordan Mulata. JJ's not the same player he was 10 years ago. So maybe that kind of lowers it down to Dickerson. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I hear that. But still, you don't want to make him look like he looked like 10 years ago because you've got a player out there injured. you got a player out there that's injured, and you put him out there against a guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. You make that guy look like 10 years younger because you got an injured ball player out there. I'm just saying that's something the organization's got to think about. Does Jack Driscoll give you a better chance of blocking a rush end from the blind side of Jalen Hurts, your quarter? It's why you pay those guys there at that left tackle position. Does Malata give you a better chance being 60% than Jack Driscoll? Jeff Stoughton's going to have to make that call with Sirianni and Howie. 60% Mulata can make J.J. Watt look like he's in his prime if he's not healthy to block that guy. Dude, J.J. Watt doesn't and hasn't forgotten how to play. He may not have the first step he had, but he may not need it if you're playing against an injured ball player. Okay. Dude, I agree. I don't think J.J.'s the same guy when he was with the Texans. But a 60% mulatto is not going to block him. Okay, is Andre Dillard ready? I don't think so. They just put him on the active list. I think he's going to need more time to get ready. I mean, would you really put Andre Dillard out there on? And, you, and you're just coming off of a injury yourself? You're going to put him out there too? I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting to see... I would start Driscoll. And if Driscoll started suffering, I would see if Mulata could play. I don't know if I'm going to start. Why would I start Jordan Mulata when I'm trying to get him as much rest? Dude, guys, the Arizona game is not the game. You need Jordan Mulata healthy for Dallas. Why in the world would you take the risk? I think this is a great question here. Xander, here's your question of the day. Are you going to risk Jordan Mulata in the Cardinal game, or are you going to risk it so that this guy gets hurt for the Dallas game? If you lose the Cardinal game, I get it's an NFC opponent. Who cares? you got to have Mulata healthy for Dallas. And if he's 60%, by the way, I saw the injury report. Of course, they're going to say they're playing. He's still um, held out of practice today. Today's Thursday. 
So game time decision, okay. Well, wouldn't you want him healthy, completely healthy for Michael Parsons? Or no? Here's the big coaching decision you have to make these next two weeks. Smolata. This is what his injury does. I would play Jack Driscoll, and I would go from there with that, and I would adjust my game plan. Okay? I would do everything in my game plan to know that we're not as stout as we are at left tackle with Driscoll. But I need Malata for Michael Parsons next week. I need him for – dude, I can't, I can't have him get banged up in the Cardinal game. And, dude, watch this. You're 70% against, Malata, against Michael Parsons. He'll kill Jalen Hurts. That defense is playing great in Dallas, too. And Dan Quinn is going to do everything he can to go after Malata. They're going to run games over there. When you want him healthy, makes no sense to start him versus the Cardinals. If he is not 100% healthy, why risk it? Why risk it when you have a division game and it's the Cowboys and it's Sunday night and the most important thing, you got the best pass rusher since Lawrence Taylor on him. You're really going to risk that in a Cardinal game. I would question that decision by management. Okay. Wouldn't you? The Cowboys aren't going to threaten the Eagles for the division. No, but Micah Parsons will threaten Jalen Hurts' health with an injured tackle. He will. Threaten? Really? You think Malata needed to be 100% against him? That's 60%. You're not blocking Micah Parsons if you're 60%. I don't give a shit who you are. You're not. You're not. <laughs> look, look, look at what JM said. He's not better than Derek Thomas. Okay. So we're talking LT, Derek Thomas, and Micah Parsons. Both Hall of Famers. Okay. We'll have game. We'll pancake Parsons again. Yeah. Will you take a TJ Watt or Parsons? I'm taking Parsons, man. He's a better player. I think he's a better player than, than TJ Watt. I do. I think he's a better ball player. I'm going to make a point to you about one thing, though. And you know where I'm going to go here with your defense? I'm going to, hey, guys, let me ask you this. Let's transition over into this. What part of your defense do you think is playing the best football right now in Philadelphia? Who do you think is playing the best football? What group? D-line, linebackers, or secondary? Who's playing the best? Who do you think is playing the best? What group? Secondary, secondary, all levels. D-line, secondary. 
Linebacker, secondary. You guys are right that are saying secondary. I'll tell you something, man. Will you guys agree with me on this? That the Eagles in the previous, in the previous, let's see here. Hey, Xander, can you send um, Howard a link, please? Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Um, the secondaries played great. And they have given him every opportunity to um, really make that defensive line put pressure on them. They really have. Okay, and they have really played well. Both corners, and I'll tell you something else. I think the safeties have played well, too. Marcus Epps is playing some good ball. Um, and it's been, it's been a factor when it, comes to, um, when it comes to how that front is played. You're getting more time. The secondary has played great. They've played some great football. And they've been the story of that defense on the improvement. Linebacking play has been improved. But, man, make no mistake about it, the secondary has been sensational. They really have stepped their game up, and it has been noticeable. When you go and look at the numbers and you go and look at some of the people that they have shut down, I mean, you shut down Justin Jefferson, too, with Minnesota. They've absolutely looked great, okay? They have totally looked great. Yeah, but you know what? When, you, when you're saying CJ and you're saying – but when, as a collective group, the secondary is causing all the havoc with the pass rushing because they're locking these guys down in the secondary. And I think it's been noticeable. When you watch them on the 22 and you watch the secondary, there's not a lot of open space. And even in that Jags game – now, look, I know it was weather and such – but it's a collective group, JM. The whole group. Watch this. There's not one dude outside of maybe Slay and Bradbury. I think Epps play. But as a group, that whole secondary's played well. They really have. They've played well. And it's impacting the D-line. It's impacting the way that these guys like Sweat and Reddick are now starting to get to the pass rusher are starting to get to the quarterback through the pass rush. The secondary's really played well. This has been one of the better secondary plays going back to the Super Bowl run. I mean, I don't think you guys have the same type of character or same kind of um, talent that you had during that Super Bowl year, but I think the talent is starting to play a lot better. And that group is getting better and better each and every single week. I think Epps is playing well. I looked at it like this. I Remember I told you guys in the um, – in the offseason here, you got to give Mar Marcus Epps a shot. I thought he played well last year, and I thought he got better every year that he – or every game that he played. Okay? I like what they're doing. And I think it's more – as I said to people before, and people have been asking me about the Eagles' defense and how well that they've played, and I said this, I don't really think it's so much Gannon schemes – yeah, man, I looked at absolutely. When you're talking about some of those guys, Bobby Taylor and Dawkins and those guys, those guys are great. Not quite that group, but they're playing good, man. They're playing good football.
Okay, they're, they are. They're, and, and they're impacting the defense here. And what you're starting to see now is all of these guys, remember the big question that I had going into the season was all the new faces on defense. Well, what you're starting to see, and again, I don't think it's anything to do with Jonathan Gannon. And I really don't think it's his system. He's a big fan of his system. I think it's the players that are really producing right now. Will he be a guy that's going to put a game plan together against Tom Brady? Is he going to be a guy that's going to put a game plan together against Aaron Rodgers? That I don't know yet. Okay? That I don't know. So I think they've played well. I do. I think that secondary has absolutely been incredible. I think they've done it. Okay? Jefferson has 3,000 yards receiving in his career in two years. Yeah. He's going into his third year. He's Just say this, Dank. If he only had 1,000 yards this year, he'd have 4,000 yards in his first three years. I don't know. I say by the end of the year, he still has 1,300 yards. Okay? I watch breakdowns, and they were cover sack, covered sacks. They are. They're, 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 these sacks are a result of how the secondary is clearly playing. Um, Slay is, no, I don't believe that. I think Justin Jefferson got shut down by a good football player, and he did. You know, by the way, how you look at that, hey, first fight in the Ali fight goes to Frazier. I don't care what Muhammad says. I was the better fighter. Yeah, we'll fight one, went to Joe. Right? So you have to always go like this with Slay. Eh, Slay gets the first one. He he does. He gets the first one here. Okay? He does. He gets the first one here. I'm glad that, going back to what we started to show up with, I'm glad that everyone is now in agreement here with me about where Howie's going. By the way, we're going to talk to Howard Balzer here in a couple minutes and get his spin. I, want, I got some questions on J.J. Watt's health. For this football game, we got the latest on J.J. Watt, too, because J.J.'s not completely healthy, too, going into this. So that may be a factor also because Malata, again, um, I don't think – I haven't heard yet. Have you guys heard yet whether or not he's starting? I have not heard. Um, and I know they held him out of practice today. So I don't know if Malata's playing, but J.J.'s a little bit banged up, so hopefully we're going to be able to get – our friend um, Howard Balls are on here real quick here and get his comments. We'll keep him on for a little bit here. I want Slay ready for CD. That's exactly right. Cowboys on the other side of this. Elliot is out, so your place kicker's out. That's a factor. Has Malata been ruled out? Jalen Hurts inside. <sighs> Malata out, kicker out. Maddox out. It's funny. People are all over my Twitter page going, he's playing. He's playing. And I'm like, he ain't playing. He ain't playing. You got the Cowboys and Michael Parsons next week. You ain't playing Jordan Malata in a game against the Cardinals. Why? (laughs) Why would you do that? Say you drop the Cardinal game. And what bearing does that have on the NFC East? What bearing? I get it's an NFC team. I do. Okay? I get it. But if you lose 25-24, 
and Milad is out, your kicker's out, and you lose by a point or three points, what do you think people are going to say? Well, you know, finally they were brought down to earth. That's not what that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not what, it's not how you look at it, man. I don't look at it that way. Cardinals kicker's out too, okay? Dan, read them stats. You like pocket guys, don't you? He ranks third. Jalen Hurts is not a pocket passer. Give a shit who he is. He's not a pocket passer. He'll never be. Well, because he's got four games in? That makes him a pocket passer. That makes him a pocket passer, right? (laughs) Four games. 0-6 versus playoff teams. He's a pocket passer. I beat Kirk Cousins. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Kirk Cousins, pocket passer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. I love how people look at shit. Hey, I do it too, though, right? I do it too. Hey, I'm going to find out who's healthy for the Cardinals because their injury list came out too. So Howard now um, covers the Cardinals for GoPhoenixGoGHNX.com. And we'll get the healthy guys for the Cardinals as we prepare for this game on Sunday too. Look, the Cardinals are a good football team. They're a good football team. They got a hell of a quarterback, some think. I don't. Okay? I personally don't. Josh Allen is not a pocket passer. Jalen Hurts is not Josh Allen. Okay? Hurts Hurts is mastering the RPOs and opening everything up. Right. When Jalen – do you notice one thing they do? Jalen doesn't really take a lot of seven-step drops, does he? He's moving around a lot. That's smart coaching. You don't see him dropping back a lot. That's not what he is. They got him moving around. He moves a lot in the pocket. It's not there. It takes off. This guy's not a guy. He got, you know what the pocket is? From tackle to tackle. He moves around in that pocket a lot. I mean, he's more of a five guy. Five-step guy moves around. If that one guy's not open, he takes off. That guy's not sitting back there going through progressions like Brady or Aaron Rodgers or any of them guys. He's not that dude. Right, Dank? He's not a seven-step guy. Josh Allen's a dart thrower. This guy's a seven- to nine-step guy, and he sits back there and throws lasers. You think Jalen Hurts has an arm like Josh Allen? Are you nuts? There's no, 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 GT. Right, you're four and zero. There's totally nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. Way to way to bring it around. You're right, GT. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Our new kicker is called Dicker. Dicker the kicker. You're lying. You're 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 lying. It can't be Dicker the kicker. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to bring my friend Howard Balzer in with a guy named Dicker the Kicker. This can't be real. Hold on. So Elliot's out, and am I really? Am I looking at a guy called Dicker the Kicker? Is this is really his moniker? Let's bring in the Hall of Fame voter himself here, Howard Balzer. He's got a new gig to go Phoenix, go G O P H N X dot com. The Hall of Fame voter and our friend Howard Balzer. 
Howard, I don't mean to like bring you in on anything like this, but <laughs> I, I've not quite heard that one before. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of fitting that you bring Balzer on when you're talking about Dicker. I mean, come on. Come hey, on. congratulations on the new gig. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's a, uh, I've been at it for about a month and it's, it's been fun. Local website uh, here in Phoenix that uh, does a lot of podcasting and social media and write, you know, different content writing and, and all that. It's about a year old and it's, uh, they also have something. So I now hear this. I know that they have one. The parent company has a similar um, format, if you will, uh, in Denver and Chicago and they're planning an expansion. And what I've been told is in 2023, they're looking at Philly at, at putting one of them. So it's one of them. So of course we don't want anything to compete with you and everybody else <laughs> that are doing such a great job, but you know how it is today now on, oh, yeah. on with the internet and everything. It's boy, what can we do? What can we do? And it's, 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 it's crazy. Absolutely. You know, platforms you know, what's interesting though, real quick is that it looks like, looks like both teams, the Cardinals and the Eagles are going to have substitute kickers. Because Matt, Matt Prater, the Cardinals kicker, kicked last week with a right hip injury. And then uh, it was kind of aggravated. It was pushing it. And he didn't do the final three kickoffs or an extra point. And now they've declared him out already. And by the way, it's a Philly native, Matt Amendola, who went to North Penn High School in Lansdale, uh, Pennsylvania, just outside Philadelphia. He's going to be kicking for... Uh, for the Cardinals, but he doesn't have a name like like Dicker. Dicker the kicker. I, I I'm not sure I'll ever be able to get over that one. There. How healthy are the How healthy are the Cardinals going into Sunday now? Now look, Malata looks like he's out. There's a couple other players that are out now for Philadelphia going into this game against the Cardinals. I would think they would want to get Malata 100 because of Michael Parsons' divisional game next week right. against Dallas on Sunday night. But how healthy are the Cardinals going into this game? They're, they, you know, they had a bunch of a bunch of injury issues when the season started, and they were beginning to get healthy again. And then all of a sudden, the injury bug started hitting. AJ Green uh, missed last week. It looks like he'll be back. But they, the Cardinals, have some real issues on the offensive line uh, right now. For the two days of practice so far, uh, yesterday and 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 today, uh, starting left guard Justin Pugh did not practice. Starting center Rodney Hudson. Uh, did not practice uh, left tackle DJ Humphreys, who has a hamstring injury, was limited. So they've got some issues on the offensive line, which is not a good thing going against that Eagles front. Um, JJ Watt, how has he performed since he's been in Arizona? When he's been on the field, he's performed well. I mean, this was that they were 7-0 and last season when he got hurt. And then, of course, they didn't do well the rest of the the rest of the way. He was really he had missed a lot of training camp last year with a hamstring problem, and so it took him a couple games to really get comfortable. And he was playing pretty well when he got hurt and shredded his shoulder and missed the rest of the regular season. Came back somehow and played in the playoff game, but that was just a disaster on all levels. This year he um, missed the first game uh, with a calf injury, and then has come back and played, played good football. And of course, last week he had the whole situation with, uh, you know, with, with, with the AFib where he had his heart shocked back into rhythm, but, you know, ended up playing 
and it all happened on Wednesday, got it done on Thursday, practice limited on Friday, and then played a bunch of snaps on Sunday, had two passes defensed, and, and played, played a good game. But, uh, you know, this week he, he had re- – you know, he, the calf is still bothering him somewhat, but he fights through it. He's not what he once was, obviously, but he, he's still a good player, and I think that having him on the field for leadership and all those things is, is helping the other de- – the other defensive guys too, especially one, one guy for the Philly fans to watch out for is number 94, Zach Allen, who's in his fourth year and has just continued to get better and better and better. And he had a sack last week, a couple of important tackles, uh, three passes defensed, and he's credited a lot of his growth starting last year with just being a, being a sponge uh, for, you know, whatever JJ Watt does and says. So, He's, he's been a pretty good player on the defensive line uh, for the Cardinals. Make sure you tell him I said hi because he's from New Canaan and he played at Boston College and he played in the same conference I did in Connecticut in the FCAC. So he's one of the pl- better players that have come out of that uh, conference. Steve Young played in that conference too. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a fine-looking ball player too. Um, give me your impressions on Zach Ertz. I mean, obviously – we're based in Philadelphia. The fans in Philly love the guy. How much has he made that transition from Philadelphia to Arizona? How do the fans look at him, his play, impact that he's had on the team, Howard? He's had a tremendous impact. And, of course, last year when they traded for him, it's almost the year anniversary. He was traded on, on October 15th. And it was right after uh, Max Williams, the Cardinals tight end, blew out his knee against San Francisco. And – Boy, you know, they didn't, they didn't play very well. A lot of losses down the stretch. It would have been even worse if they didn't have Zach Ertz, especially after DeAndre Hopkins uh, was injured in, uh, I think it was week 14, 13 or 14 in a Monday night game against the Rams and missed the rest of the season. But uh, Ertz, Ertz has been tremendous. He's been off to a little bit. The whole offense has been off to a slow start uh, this season without Ertz. I mean, I'm sorry, without Hopkins, uh, without Rondale Moore, who they were – planning to do a lot of the things that they had done with Christian Kirk, who left in free agency to Jacksonville, and then Moore injured his hamstring the Thursday before the season opener, missed the first three games, came back last week, didn't do a whole lot. He had a few targets, but not for many yards. And then all of a sudden, we just learned today, he landed back on the injury report today unlimited with a knee injury. So Ertz also missed a bunch of time with a calf problem, uh, missed a lot of time in training camp and was pretty limited in his snaps early, has been playing more and more the last couple of weeks. And he's, you know, he, he's, been, he's been tremendous with not only his performance, but also being a leader in the locker room. And he's had, he's had a big impact uh, on this team. And Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray loves him. I mean, with this very small receiving core that they have, if A.J. Green's not there, he's six foot four. Hopkins six foot one. Everybody else is 5'9 or shorter. And so Ertz has done a nice job in terms of being a, a target on the field because of his size. And he's also helped the rookie that the Cardinals drafted in the second round, Trey McBride, who's been progressing. He didn't play much, you know, first game he was inactive. I think second game he had like one snap, five snaps in week three. And then last week he had 32 snaps and had the three catches, not for a lot of yards, but uh, they were key catches. So Ertz has really helped him too. I want to save Kyler Murray for last here, and I want to go to Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown looks like he's putting some numbers up. I mean, 
I didn't know what his impact was. And you have to always remember somebody coming from Baltimore, you never know really what you have at the yeah. wide receiver position out there because of the style of play of the game they have there. Talk about him a little bit and what impact he's had on the football team because it looks like he is putting up a pretty good season. Yeah, he really is. He had his best game of the year uh, last week, even though he had more catches the week before, uh, but they weren't for a lot of yards. Uh, and that was the game against the Rams Sunday. He had his best average per game, had a, had a, a sensational catch on a third and two play from the 23 yard line for a touchdown right inside uh, the pylon. And, you know, the one thing that critics of Brown would talk about, oh, they put together a little highlight reel. Well, maybe not low light reel and show some of his drops. Well, I haven't seen him drop too many. In fact, I, I don't know if he has a drop this season in terms of, you know, in terms of the regular season. And so he's, I don't know where they would be, Dan, if they didn't have him with, with Hopkins being out. And, I mean, it's only two more games now that Hopkins misses. misses. And they've been, as a team, they've been kind of treading water a little bit. I think if you – I've said this. If you put the coaches and uh, front office people on truth serum, they probably would have said with this schedule, the way it's opened up, that if they could be 3-3 three and three when Hopkins comes back, they take that and feel that they're ready to make a move in the second half of the season. Of course, to get to three and three, they got to win one of their next two games. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's against the Eagles, obviously, Sunday. And then at Seattle. And, and right now, that, the way Geno Smith is playing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and those guys, that, that's not going to be an easy game. But if they can split these next two, they'll feel good about the final 11 games getting Hopkins back. Absolutely. Rashad Penny, too, with 151 last week. Yeah. So, I mean, they got a formidable attack up there as well. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this about Kyler Murray. Then I'm going to get your thoughts on Jalen Hurts here in a second. Um, Kyler Murray, am I right when I make th- – this is my impression and my observation of him. I see moments. I don't see consistency. I see really good – like the Raider game. Man, it looked like they were dead in the water in that Raider game. And I watched it, and all of a sudden – they pull out the schoolyard football playbook and they go out there and they come back. And I think they won that thing in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, it's just been stretches of good ball, but then really stretches of bad ball. And it's been inconsistent. That's why two and two. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, no, I think you're hundred percent right. And they've gotten off to very slow starts on offense. They don't have a point yet. The only team in the league that doesn't hasn't scored a point in the first quarter. And a lot of that is, you know, everyone always looks for a magical solution. Say, well, what can you do? Well, gosh, if anyone had the answer, they'd just do it. It's not <laughs> like – but but the main thing is they've been bad on third down at the beginning of games. And even last week against Carolina, they were two for nine on their first – you know, for obviously their first nine three uh, third down plays. Then they got a lot better, and the offense started moving, and they pulled away against a, you know, a bad offense. Uh, their def- Carolina's defense is pretty good, but their offense couldn't do anything. The week before – Against the Rams, they had a, they got off to a slow start, but they they battled back. You know, they were down thirteen nothing. They got it back to, or maybe it was ten nothing, then ten three, then then thirteen three, then thir- they got it to thirteen nine, and they, and they were in the game. They had a bunch of long drives, but they couldn't score touchdowns. And so, I mean, that's, I mean, how many times? That's the case with so many teams, Dan. If you can be good in the, on third down, good in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, then you're you know, you're going to be, quote, a consistent team. But they, they weren't that against the Rams, and that cost them. And, and they were better 
on Sunday against Carolina with some drives that ended in touchdowns. So there is a bit of inconsistency. I think some of it, like I've said, is, is pointed to a lot of the guys they're missing on offense. I think that offensive line that I, I mentioned about, you know, Hudson's play, been playing with a knee injury since camp. Uh, Justin Pugh's always getting uh, banged up. And, and then I think that's affecting the running game. And, you know, James Conner is, is, a, is a good back, but he's obviously not an explosive guy. You know, defenses don't have to worry about him breaking one for 40, 50 yards. And so, uh, but he gets his yards, uh, but, so, but the, 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 the running game isn't consistent. So I think all those things combined have turned this into, as you, you're right, an inconsistent offense so far. But they really believe as they get some of these guys back, and especially Hopkins, that uh, that'll, that'll really start, uh, you know, start playing like people expect them to play. Howard, is this a fair observation about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? To me, the number one thing that Kyler has to work on, it's not his game. It's so much more of his, I think, the, the way he reflects and projects. It just looks immature. It just looks sometimes the shaking of the head sometimes when plays come in. Right. It just doesn't have a good look to the relationship. And you may not. Brady and Belichick had 20 years of maybe not the greatest relationship, right. but it was a working relationship. And I just wonder, I mean, does that really lead to Cliff being on the hot seat, Kyler's, you know, inconsistency as well? And I agree. DeAndre Hopkins being out injuries, man. DeAndre Hopkins being out, he's the best third down receiver in the league. Can't miss that guy. I get all that. But am I right when I say that the number one thing Kyler Murray has to work on is his maturity? No, and I, I, that was a lot of what the talk was in the offseason uh, about him. And, and I do think from I, – I think he has gotten better along those lines uh, this year. And, but it's interesting. You mentioned Brady. And, you know, sometimes it's what the camera catches. But, yeah, he, Murray does get frustrated. I mean, he'll – you know, a guy will do something on the field they weren't supposed to do, and maybe he'll throw up his arms, you know, or, or something like that. And he's, he, he's, he's a little maybe too – not it's not vocal, but you know what I mean in terms demonstrative. of demonstrative. Yeah, be, yeah, demonstrative being doing things like that. You know, Sunday there was a you know a little back and forth with him in Kingsbury about getting the plays in, getting the play in, play. We want to go up tempo and all that. But I don't, I don't think there's an issue between those two guys. I think they're they're tied at the hip. There's no doubt about it. I don't think Kingsbury has got a long way to go to be on the hot seat, considering he's under contract through 2027. <laughs> he, he, by the way, he called, <laughs> he called. This was after the Raiders game, understandably. He called uh, Kyler Murray a gift from God. <laughs> and then Steve Kime, on his local radio appearance each week, was asked about that. And he said, well, he says, I would, I would say my four kids are a gift from God, so I don't know if I'll go that far, but I'm sure happy uh, to have him. And so, yeah, I think they're, they're still a work in progress. They're both in their fourth year. Some would say, well, four years is enough. But, hey, you know, they're, they're still young relatively in their jobs and all this team though has done has gotten better since Kingsbury took over whether you credit him or not and there's a lot of people in town I mean no matter what they do people want to fire him and all that but hey he took over a three-win team that had the first pick in the draft and they've gone to five eight and eleven wins so you can't argue with that but now we have to see that they've gotten to that point how they can carry it forward but in terms of the personnel King, Kingsbury had a great line yesterday. I'm, you've probably heard it being a former player. Someone asked him about how does that impact the play calling when you don't have a guy like Hopkins and you have missing pieces on your offense. And I, I always rail, Dan, 
against, you know, the, uh, the outside noise, the critics, who whenever an offense doesn't play well, well, it's either the quarterback or the play caller, right? Never, never the offensive line, never the other players surrounding the quarterback. It's all that. Hey, Jalen Hurts has been great this year, but obviously it's been helped by a healthy offensive line and A.J. Brown. So you have to have the personnel. So anyway, when Kingsbury was asked about that, and he said, well, I'll just say this. My first college coach said to me, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. That's right. And that's the reality of it. Some don't want to say that because it's, it's, I guess it's fun or, you know, that's part of the whole game to, to, to rip the play caller and criticize the quarterback and all that. But that's what it's all about. And our good friend Dick Vermeil, I'll never forget it, in 1999, in the greatest show on turf year, every time he was asked about his, his role and the coaching and all that, he says, all I know is I became a lot better coach when I got better players. <laughs> Absolutely. A couple more questions here for you. Have you been surprised with the play of Jalen Hurts? Maybe to where he, maybe a little bit, but you could, and I, I, you know, I don't see him every week and I don't see every game, but I also remember seeing him right here in St. Louis. I mean, in, in Arizona two years ago in December when he was a rookie and he had over 400 yards total offense and four and three, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And, and Murray passed for over 400 yards. It was an unbelievable game. That was his rookie year when he was still, you know, he, he was still learning. And he's, he's still learning now, but I've seen this continued improvement and it was manifest at the end of last year. What did they win? I think six of their last seven. Something yeah. Like right that. now, get this Howard. They've won 11 of the last 14 ball games. And, and wasn't the game. I, I meant to look this up the game where they lost to Dallas and they got blown they out. They pulled everyone. That's what I thought. I thought yeah, they everyone really was right. out. They had, they, they had a JV team in there. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought it was. So, I mean, they came down the stretch playing great football and got into the playoffs. Didn't do well there, but that's a, that's a learning learning situation too. But that, now you bring in more weapons. Devontae Smith, probably a better player because A.J. Brown's there and the line is healthy and, and what, Miles Sanders is, you know, averaging almost five yards a carry. On pace for 15-13. Yeah, yeah. So when you look at it in that context and what Hurts can do with his legs and being smart – about when he runs and being smart when he goes down. Yeah, I don't know if I would have predicted that the Eagles would have been 4-0, but the other reality is they haven't had the toughest schedule in the world either. So it's a long, a lot of games ahead, but I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that this team is definitely on the rise. Okay, you have to give me some uh, tidbits on Hall of Fame stuff. What, what's the latest? And by the way, so I was so happy to see that the Pro Football Hall of Fame started following me because – they know that I get guys like you and Goslin and, <laughs> and Cole on all the time, and I get a bunch of guys. Uh, what's his name? Jared Bell comes on all the time as well. So give me, give me, give me some tidbits, man. You know me; I'm a Hall of Fame junkie. I know, I know you are. Well, we just got our official ballot yesterday. I mean, we'd all seen the nominees that they announced uh, last month, I guess. And so, but we all received our official ballot uh, yesterday uh, with all the nominees and all the information and. And but we have a month till November 11th uh, to vote for our top 25. So, you know, some pretty good first time eligibles, which always complicates the process with, with Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas, you know, Dwight Freeney, 125. You know, I don't I, I didn't realize he had 125 sacks in his career. And the reason I realize that is because Steve Kime told a great story that you'll appreciate a couple of weeks ago. Another so, Connecticut kid. Someone was asking Kime about. 
well, there's all there's all these guys out there, and you need help at corner. You don't have depth and all that. And you have Chris Harris Jr. and you've got you know Xavier Rose, and you've got Joe Hayden, and then he announces retirement. You got all these guys out there, and he said that those guys aren't playing for a reason. And a lot of times it's because they're used to making a lot of money and they don't want to come in and make close to the minimum or a little bit more with incentives. And you have to find a guy who just wants to play for the love of the game. And then he told this story from 20, I want to say 2015. And the Cardinals had just played the Lions on the road. They had the Steelers coming up and they were practicing at that place in West Virginia. Uh, What is it? The Greenbrier. They were practicing there for the week so they didn't have to travel back to Arizona and then back east again. And they had an injury in the, in the game on Sunday at edge rusher. And so he's, I'll never forget, Dwight Freeney coming in. He hadn't played at all that year. And we just signed him for the minimum with some incentives for sacks. And he ended up in playing 11 games and having eight sacks. That's right. He played part. in Arizona. Yeah. And that and had, was a big part of, of that team. And that was a pretty good team with Bruce Arians as head coach. And Arians knew him from his time with the Colts. And, but he just used him as an example of a guy that just wanted to play and was just looking for the right opportunity and wasn't, you know, was fine playing for the minimum with some incentives. He, he then went on and I'm trying to remember who he played another couple of years after that. So anyway, I was look, I, when, when Kime said that he said he had 11 sacks, right? So I had to look it up to see what it was and it was only, it was eight, but then I looked at his record. So wow, 125 sacks 125 in his career. So yeah, I, he's ten, I think he's 10 shy of LT, but then again, LT came in the league when they didn't they didn't count, I think, the first two or three years. I think you're right. Well, yeah, the sacks became an official statistic. 81? 82. 82? Oh, sure yeah, he came in like in I think 79 or 80, something like that. Somewhere, somewhere in there. But, you know, last year, DeMarcus Ware was a first-time eligible. And DeMarcus did, Ware? You think DeMarcus Ware is a Hall of Famer? Well, he's, he's, got, he's got some unbelievable numbers, too, that sometimes you don't realize. You know, these guys accumulate them and play a bunch of years, and all of a sudden you look at, oh, my goodness. I mean, do has- I, when I look at DeMarcus Ware, though, Howard, I don't see Leslie O'Neill. Well, you know, every, everybody you? has. I'm, you know, I'm not. It, do you see, when you see DeMarcus Ware, do you see Leslie O'Neill? Maybe not. Maybe not. And, I'm, and I think, you know, Leslie O'Neill probably, you know, you know, should be looking, you know, being looked at. But I, I just brought Ware up to say that he was a first-time eligible last no, year. No, I get it. I, I think he's a great player. I'm not – hey, when, you, when you're in this room and you're on that sheet, hey, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's – it's, right? Hey, Howard, it's this, right? Yeah, I mean, you're – Exactly. It's and razor I, thin. And so when we look at this upcoming class, I don't know if three first-timers get in. You know, you have some first-timers from last year that weren't part of the 15 – and so you have a lot of guys who've been waiting, you know, a number of years as, as there always is. And last year was a, you know, this last, this actually this year's class was a good catch-up class because there were no first-time eligibles that got elected. So you had five guys who've been waiting a long time. But the reality is if you have two or three first-time eligibles get in, then that limits all the other guys that are finalists to, you know, to two or three uh, that, that get in. And so more players are waiting and waiting and waiting. I, th- I think something has to be done. I don't know what it is, but the, the first-time eligibles always create uh, an even bigger logjam than there already is with you know, players that have been waiting. You know, and to me, Howard, finally here, um, a guy like – and look, 
I don't mean to belabor it, but Leroy Butler, and then we're talking a guy like Eric Allen not being in from the Eagles. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I looked at that. I look at Leroy Butler and I go, really? And I go, Eric Allen? I mean, Eric Allen, I remember making it. And I, and I get the Lambo leap. I get the, I saw the statistics and I go, yeah, I kind of see it. I'm not saying he's not, but boy, Eric Allen, man. Boy, that means a lot if you win a championship, doesn't it? No, it, it yeah, it, and I, I think it shouldn't mean that much, even even for quarterbacks, maybe even for coaches. I, I know that that can be a deciding factor between guys, but I always look at it that winning championship is a team thing. Hall of Fame is an individual award, and just because a guy wasn't on a championship team, what, are you saying that he's not a champion, he wasn't a great player because he wasn't on a championship team? And so, you know, your Butler point is well taken. I, you know, I vote for Eric Allen and he hasn't gotten much traction. Now, Butler's a safety, so it's a little little unfair to compare him. I'll tell you, there's another corner that was an unbelievable player right there with Eric Allen. That's Albert Lewis. Yeah. And, and the Chiefs, I'm fairly certain the Chiefs weren't that good a team. No. Back back when he was, when he was in the prime of his career, but he, he was phenomenal and he hasn't really gotten traction either. So, Man, it's it's just tough, and especially when you get those guys that the quote fall through the cracks, and you wonder if they'll ever have a, a true opportunity. Just remember one name. He's my one of my dear friends, Dennis Harrod. Just look at those stats on Dennis Harrod: a seven or eight time Pro Bowler, never well, was know. out of the top two when it came to leading the rushing um, in the National Football League with those Rams teams. Just keep just keep that always in the back of your head there, because you're on that. That veteran committee now, hey, Dennis has got the stats to get in there. And it's it's interesting you mentioned him because that, I guess it was, yeah, I guess he did play with Jackie Slater, right? Yeah, he did. He played with Slater. And, and, I, and I think it, there was a time when. And Mac. Yeah, and Tom Mac too. Yeah, they're good good point. But, they, you know, they're both tackles. And there was a time there, I think, when it was it was almost the Hall of Fame was reserved mostly for tackles. And guards and centers just didn't get the same respect as tackles. I think that's changed over the last decade, as maybe more where we've had, you know, the centers and guards going in. But I think there was probably a little absence of that for a while. And now there again is is, is an area probably where there needs to be a little catching up because there's just so many, so many, you know, excellent players that haven't even been finalists when in, in their years of eligibility. Absolutely. Howard, it should be a great game on Sunday. Congratulations on the new gig. Thank you so much, my friend. My pleasure. Anytime, Dan. You got Thank it. You. That is Howard Balzer. We'll take a quick timeout. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. 
Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. up on Eric Allen. I'll help you. You guys want me to help Eric Allen get in the Hall of Fame? See how I work the Hall of Famers? I got six of them that come on our program and I work with them. And I work with the Hall of Fame. Let me help you. Hey, I'm here to help. I'll help you with Eric. Things I do for people, man. Uh, I'll get Hollis back on again. I'll, I'll hey, GT. I'll help you guys get Eric on the Hall of Fame. See if I could do something this year. Um, I put, like I said, he gets he gets that list. He got it today. What they'll do with me is Rick Goslin. Jason Cole, Howard, and these other dudes will ask my opinion, and I'll put stats together. Let me see. Jared Bell, too, I'd do it for. Um, Ira Kaufman. I do for Ira Kaufman in Tampa. And I, I, I put the list together for these guys, and I say, this guy, that's why I was like this. When Leroy Butler got in, no disrespect, and I mean no disrespect, 
I was like this. Really? I was like, I don't know. How many people thought Jason Taylor was a Hall of Famer? Do you think Jason Taylor, I mean, better than Leslie O'Neill? I was like, I think Jason Taylor was a really good And this is Jimmy's guy. I was like, I don't know. Jason Taylor was a good football player. I was just like, Hall of Fame guy? I just didn't say it. We should start doing a daily trivia question. I like trivia. I think Ike does this show almost the same time we do, the 85. Clyde Simmons is a coach somewhere in college. I tried getting him on. He's a coach. He's coaching right now. Um, you know, I he's he's coaching. Three people stabbed in Vegas. Good night. Oof. Yeah. Hey, so dude, this looks like a bash unit game between the Cardinals and um Dicker the kicker. <laughs> Only in Philly. <laughs> dude, Dicker the kicker. This is classic. I'm gonna have to. I'm about to do some homework on Dicker. <laughs> How he signed a guy named Dicker the Kicker. <clears throat> Dicker the Kicker. His sister's in my hall of fame. <laughs> Relax. She's my girl. Relax. Leave Joy out of this. Dicker the Longhorn? He must be Italian, 85. <laughs> Dicker the Kicker. Jesus criminy. We got it going on here, man. Hey, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you guys so much, man. Hey, it's a football Friday. What's the game tonight? It's Broncos and who? It's Broncos and who tonight? Who, who, what is it? Broncos Colts? What the hell's the game tonight? Dude, the, <laughs> dude, they, hey. All I know is, thank God, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Broncos and Colts. Okay, I have to watch it now because of Frank. Yeah, dude, hey, Frank's got to win, man. If he don't win, man, Chris Ballard and him may be out by Friday. Okay, I got a trivia question. Why does this show suck? Because Cilio's hosting it. Joseph, thank you very much. I appreciate everybody. Hit the like button. Tomorrow on a football Friday, we'll see you. Three to six. We'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.